Edmund's like, mm, I'm not going to believe. I'm going to believe the lady who gave me Turkish delight. Yes. You just don't know her like I do. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back. <laughs> Hi. Did you miss us? <laughs> They're like, no. no. <laughs> but They're like, oh, back. sorry, I'm on the wrong podcast. Yeah, they're though. like, ooh, I clicked the wrong thing. I thought I unsubscribed from this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever do that where you go back through old podcasts you just have forgotten to, like, unsubscribe from? And you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah I used to listen to that. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, this is That Pretentious Book Club, <laughs> whether you meant to be here or not. <laughs> don't click away, don't click away. <laughs> They've already left. It's okay. Yeah, this is just us talking to air. I'm okay with that. So like my normal life every day, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> you went to the bathroom a minute ago, and I literally just caught myself. I was walking around my kitchen going, anarchy, anarchy. Oh my God. <laughs> Why? The word anarchy, I was like, I like that word. And then I was just like out loud singing it to myself <laughs> to no melody, <laughs> which is very disturbing. That is, um, I'm not going to lie to you. That's frightening. <laughs> <laughs> I got you guys spoons that over there, by the way, is Dr. Spoons Palermo, a.k.a. Kendall Shaw. Hello. Hi. Howdy. And that is Ash O'Rourke. But you can call her Wheezy. It ain't easy being Wheezy. And today, Spoons, uh, she slept over last night and it was wonderful and we had great fun and watched movies. And this morning, you guys, I got to go on a rant about how I don't believe in deed restrictions, <laughs> which is a very weirdly specific, specific issue. and interesting no one cares about hill to me. die on really it is and i almost i picked the hill almost just because no one else has and i'm like, like everyone forgot about this hill i'm over here on this hill <laughs> randomly randomly by myself i just don't, i don't know why i enjoy talking about it i just get so confused by the concept anyway so i had a good time getting yeah. to because she just let me go off on it and i was so appreciative <laughs> I think that's me and your what. mom were just sitting there like, okay, know, <laughs> let like, her have her moment real quick. All right, is she done now? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, my well, mom really hates pigs. That's what uh, yeah. we learned from my mom. Right. She doesn't want the pigs around. She hates pigs. So it's... therefore she believes in deed restrictions specifically because she hates pigs. She's like, I'm glad that they don't allow pigs here. <laughs> Gross. They smell. <laughs> Mom's extremely biased towards pigs. Yeah. And potentially pig farmers. It seemed like there might have been a little bias she, against pig farmers. It did seem like that. She was like, even they smell bad. I know. And you were like, mother. Oh, my goodness. So funny. I mean, I haven't been around enough pig farmers to know otherwise. So. I haven't either. I don't. She has a very strong opinion. And I feel like I, I don't remember I feel that. like at this point I have to trust her, you know? Yeah. But you won't trust me about deed restrictions. I, I see didn't how it say- is. <laughs> I told you I don't have a strong enough opinion. Oh, you and everyone else. You're like, ah, ain't that always the way it is with deed restrictions? Nobody cares. Also, it's not going to change. There's no part of me that has an opinion because I think it's going to change. Right, right. You just want to, like, talk about it. I just want to talk about the audacity that these exist at all, but I know there's no going back. Can you believe? Can you believe? It says, uh, I want to be where the people are not. It has a mermaid on it, you guys. (laughs) Love it. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) It's really good for you. I love that. (laughs) I thought so, too. It's very nice. And I like the color of it. I know. I got it for that mermaid retreat that I went on. Right. Yeah, it was good. So I was walking around all these people wearing this shirt that says, I don't want to be around people. Felt like it was very clear, which is nice. I love how, remember before the mermaid retreat, you were like, I'm not going to make any friends and yeah. I'm going to hate them. And yeah. then afterwards, you were like, So my friend from the mermaid retreat. <laughs> I know. Yeah, she was to me yesterday. Yeah. I, you go in with your expectations low. Right, right, right. <laughs> and everything exceeds them. 
you guys, speaking of uh, exceeded expectations, we watched Zombies 2 last night. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know if that exceeded expectations or not. I don't know what I, I expected. I mean, I feel like it's kind of par for the course. Although I will say this, I think that they handled some of their issues a little better this time around. They did. They, they were did. trying harder, I think. They did. Their people were probably like, so last episode, not last episode, last uh, movie, there were some issues we need to discuss. We need to address these maybe in the next one. And someone was like, I know how we can fix every problem. Uh, fur epaulets onto a normal teenage hoodie. <laughs> that bothered me so badly. Yeah, that was that was another hill. We were like, okay, what is this? Like, I know, I was like, I know this is the least important part, but I'm really upset about it. No, but this. you were right to say something, you know. they That is literally what they did. It's really upsetting. It's really upsetting. And then they were like, wolf teenagers who are dressed in very hot clothing and have superpowers are definitely equivalent to Native Americans and the plight of Native Americans. Yeah, that was the new thing this time around. That was the new around. thing this time, but we still have not addressed the openly gay characters <laughs> in the school who are not admitting that they are openly gay. Where is the gay rights? <laughs> I zombies. know, but this Actually, is... there is a bit of gay rights in the Zombies 3. Okay, so, the, so in the next one, they were like, okay, guys, so we got some more feedback on movie two. We <laughs> They're got building every time you know yeah yeah. like we gotta do better every time so now i'm excited because there's just one more to go yeah it'll be done everything's gonna be resolved addison can finally be oppressed she can finally embrace (laughs) that's the thing i think that i really you know as we've discussed i enjoy zombies Uh this one i was more annoyed with addison than in the first one yes i i agree i like her but she has moments where i'm like i I'm so done with you. In this one, I felt like while we did sort of establish like that she was a little bit wrong, I felt that she was mostly wrong. And at the end, yeah. Zed was still the one who was like, I'm sorry. And yeah. I'm like, I think that she should apologize think, first. Yeah, I I agree. I, I My was, biggest thing with Addison is that she keeps going, it's so hard for me to be different. And I'm like, you are the stereotypical epitome of hot of hot high school girl, yes. cheerleader captain Honey. with all of the friends. I was like, you literally have everything going for you. She's like, I just haven't found my group yet. And I'm like, your group, you have friends. I don't I understand like, what she's groups. so uh, concerned about. Yeah. I don't She, know. at this point, is friends with the zombies. She has a cute zombie boyfriend. Uh-huh. She's friends with the some cheerleaders, cheerleaders yeah. humans. Like, I don't understand what she's so upset about. I have no idea. She's like, I want to be different. So I'm going to, like, uh, manifest being different. And Zed was literally like, it's not, like, that fun to be oppressed. You know that, right? Yeah. And she was like, I can't believe you're stopping me from being oppressed right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's I can't over. believe you're gatekeeping oppression. <laughs> and then he was like... <laughs> I mean, our poor boy, he spent the whole movie literally running for president of the school just just so he could go to the prom. This is ridiculous. The prom is called the The prom, prom. by the way, because the fighting shrimps is their mascot. Right. Um, So this is the kind of good stuff you have to look forward to if you want to join us on our zombies journey. Yeah. And I do think you should because I need someone to support me through (laughs) zombies three. (laughs) I'm thrilled. At the end was definitely like you could see like a UFO crash. Oh, yeah. And I was like, fantastic. And she woke up and she's like what was that and I'm like her hair is literally glowing and I'm like you don't see the glow <laughs> like you don't see a light appearing around your face oh. 
there were some times, and then it was like, oh no, the wolf slash Native American representation, like, this, like, thing that's important to their culture, they think, has been destroyed. Spoilers. And they have to go, like, try and, like, rescue it or whatever. And Addison, as peppy as possible, goes, let's go! <laughs> like, once a cheerleader, always a cheerleader. Yeah, it kills me. She was like, let's go! Yeah, like, totally, like, happy and smiley about it. Like, I will give it to this actress that she is, like, consistent. She is. She's like, I know who this character oh, is. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I don't necessarily like your character, but you do know who she is. She's, I think they're honestly both killing it. Like, they, they do are. a great job with it. They are. They're totally killing it with some characters that are, I think, pretty difficult to embrace. <laughs> Not Zed. He's a sweet, darling baby. He is sweet, and you know he grew too. He had some things. He mm-hmm. was kind of working he was trying this time. to assimilate. Right. And he became. He realized he, it's good to be different. Yeah. I embrace He's my. Like unique. I don't have to suppress my own self to yeah, fit in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we were like, "Hooray, Zed! Hey, Zed, good job." Yeah. Zed learns things and, and grows. And Addison was like, <laughs> "I just know I am oppressed. I just know I am." She's like, and she's about to be really validated. And oh, great. I know. I always knew I was different. Yeah, like, honey, you're barely, barely, barely different. different. Yeah. Um, it looks her blonde, her white wig just literally looks, looks like blonde. she's blonde. She literally the whole movie, like the other cheerleaders called her Snowball, and she's like, "That's <laughs> right, I'm still being called Snowball because my hair is different." And I'm like, "You look like you had an excellent like bleach and dye job." <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like, good, honey. It looks like you spent hundreds of dollars on this. <laughs> And it's beautiful. <laughs> like, you're super hot girl cheerleader. Oh, yeah. Like, you could be Regina George energy right now if you were mean. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But she's not. But, but she's not. I do like that we have um, some <laughs> a variance in cheerleader representation as well. <laughs> yes, now we have zombies. <laughs> zombies, but I mean, like, some of them are nice, some of them are mean. That's true. <laughs> usually, that's true. Usually cheerleaders are all mean. That's true. But, you know, that's not correct. That's I actually like... the real theme of the series is they're trying to uh, they're trying to show us that not all cheerleaders right, are mean. Right, that's... Maybe they're doing that the they're most They're like, you know who's actually been the most depressed? Cheerleaders. Cheerleaders. <laughs> Society has always <laughs> looked down on cheerleaders, cheerleaders, but no more. <laughs> we are going to stop that with a three movie series on this. And I'm like, oh, I'm convinced. <laughs> no, cheerleaders are excellent. I definitely was of the crew that uh, despised cheerleaders simply because, well, for multiple reasons. Uh, they're more athletic than me. Can't have that. Uh, they are typically much prettier than me, and they have to, like, do their hair and makeup to look pretty and be attractive. And also, they're so athletic, so they're pretty much in shape. So I'm like, don't like that either. Uh, they're popular. They have friends. Don't like that. Mm, no, thank you. Yeah, you're um, like, mm, three strikes, you're out. Three strikes, you're out. I'm not into it, thanks. You guys are, like, basically a built-in clique. I'm not into that camaraderie. I don't uh, think school so. School spirit? Just, oh, that's, what, that's what it is. That was the big one, actually. I was like, I know there's another. I hate school spirit. I hate pep. I've always hated pep. It's just really not your vibe. It's so far from my vibe. I actually think that if I like wanted to be more athletic, I could have been a good cheerleader. Because I could. feel like I... You're my ultimate hype person. I enjoy I enjoy school spirit and pep. You do. But, and I love big bows. Um, yeah. But I wasn't... It wasn't for me. I was a band kid, but yeah. I was you thinking were about it. Spirit that is, pep. I guess, still yeah. school spirit. I was thinking about it though, and I was like, I feel like all the cheerleaders at my school were perfectly nice and normal. They <laughs> probably like, it's very funny are. that like it's a thing on, in yeah. movies where like they're all bitches. Yeah, I bought into it completely. Oh yeah, yeah. See, yeah. this is the. 
Well, I'm prejudiced against anyone with school spirit. Right. I'm sorry, but band kids were included. It's I was fine, like, why fine. do you care about this school so much? You think <laughs> the like, school cares about you? <laughs> hey, nerd, why don't you put that freaking dorky instrument down? <laughs> <laughs> no, they would just... At GCU, the school that my, my college I went to, they would have, like, the band would, like, play and, like, come around the whole campus. And you would just be like, I'm just trying to do my freaking homework. And they're, like, loud as can be right outside your window. And you're like, stop caring so much. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I had friends who were in band. That's the thing, too, is, like, it didn't matter to me that I had friends who were in band who were great people. I was like, no, I like you, but I hate what you do. (laughs) I philosophically disagree with school spirit, (laughs) which is not true. It just grates on me. I love it. Yeah. It's, like, obligatory happiness. And I'm like, don't Mm. tell me to be happy. You're like, I'll hate this school if I want to. Okay. (laughs) that's exactly it but like when you're in a bad mood and someone tries to cheer you up and you're like it is my right oh yeah to be angry i will not be cheered i hate it when people try and get in there too early like before yeah. i'm ready to be cheered up yeah i'm like exactly. no, no no just let me be so mad right now yeah exactly it's just that that's me most of the yeah. time <laughs> anarchy anarchy anarchy, anarchy. <laughs> uh, we also watched uh, a walk in the clouds oh was- actually genuinely an amazing movie you guys you heard it here first what have i been telling you go watch all of keanu's filmography but specifically a walk in the clouds oh yeah you will not regret it i i mean i i understand the keanu attraction and he's an adorable (laughs) sweet baby and i love him so much but his character in a walk in the clouds is objectively perfect (laughs) and i'm okay with that i have absolutely no problems with that yeah He's wonderful. If you guys have never been in love before, oh. if you watch this movie, you will know what love is. Oh, oh so true, Bessie. <laughs> like, you're literally just watching it like, I don't think he could possibly get any better. And then yeah. he just keeps getting better. And he, like, doesn't make a single mistake no. in the whole movie. And usually I'm like, that's unrealistic. And in this movie, I was like, checks out. I have that's absolutely fine. no problem with this. Of course, of course he wouldn't. You're like, his, no, no. His name is Paul Sutton. And Paul I'm like, Sutton would never. Paul Sutton would never make a mistake. So <laughs> I buy it. It's consistent. Paul Sutton. This is a Paul Sutton fan podcast now god that, i could totally do that it was almost it was so wonderful i'm like i need to watch it again oh uh, yes i've watched it probably six times i just can't get over it only six i'm impressed by that actually <laughs> yeah me too actually no it's very uh it's very good it is good oh i just it just crossed my mind i think this episode's a listener recommendation i should look, oh yeah should that up. are you a woman podcaster looking to take your show to the next level if the answer is yes then you need to come to she podcasts live this october You'll be able to learn from some of the best female podcasters in the world and get insider tips on how to make your podcast even better. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, this event is for you. Not only will you be able to learn tons of new information, but you'll also be able to network with other amazing podcasters. Podcasting is one of the most popular ways to consume content, and the industry is only going to continue to grow. If you want to get in on the action, visit She Podcasts Live in Washington, D.C. from October 11th to 14th, 2022 at the MGM National Harbor. Go to ShePodcastLive.com to get $50 off your ticket with the code PBC. And one more time, because this is such a cool event and I really want you guys to check it out, that is ShePodcastLive.com with the code PBC to get $50 off your ticket. Uh, This episode, you guys, we're doing The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. I thought I had read this before, and so I I lied to you guys last time I said that I'd read it before. It turns out I had not. I just thought that I had. So (laughs) I've read it a couple of times, but like the first time I, it was like the first book I ever remember being read to me. So that was like, it was almost my introduction to literature, honestly. Uh And then I reread it 
when I was like in fifth grade and then also when I was like in college. So, Mm -hmm. but there's still like, you know, it had been a little bit since I'd read it. It's definitely the first time I read it and I really, really enjoyed it. The first books we were ever read that I remember were the Boxcar Children. Oh God, those are so good. Yeah, my mom used to read them to us on like car rides and stuff. (gasps) Oh, that's sweet. Which I loved then. And then in retrospect, I'm like, wait, were were those children homeless? Oh yeah. They were totally homeless children. (laughs) Well, after like the first one, they weren't. Oh, really? Remember, they, like, went and lived with that rich guy, no, I think. I don't remember. I only but, remember them living in the box. My yeah. memory is very Well, goldfish. that is the best part, anyway. Yeah. The first book where they're, like, setting up the boxcar and making yes. it, like, a little house. That's all I remember, Oh, my honestly. God. But I know we had the whole series, and my mom read most oh, of them. Oh, they're so good. And I clearly then they're like, out. we're going to solve mysteries. I mean, yeah. that's the best kind of book I can imagine. It was wonderful. I just think that I've recently realized this, but I think that, like, the genre of child making somewhere into a home mm-hmm. is my exact genre like i love like um sprucing up a place uh-huh. it's almost like hgtv but like children's literature, children's literature that yeah. is my favorite thing have in the you world. heard the song dream by priscilla on no it's completely that vibe Ooh. you would like it it's i know it very well it's like the whole song is about like her um being like a little girl and making her like house in the woods and stuff it's really that is cute. exactly what i'm talking about i know you would so you would so love i was obsessed with that song for a long time it's very good okay i'm gonna listen to that immediately oh also i got the name of our uh person who gave us this book rack from phoebe page on instagram oh, thank you, thank you phoebe. phoebe i my life has been so enriched by reading this Yay. book it was so good i so loved it and sometimes when it's like a book that, you know, ever is, like, very, like, heavily lauded. I'm like, right. mm, what if I hate it? And right. then I didn't. I loved it so much. Uh, Yeah, of course. Yeah. Also, fun fact, over on the Scripturian Society, our sister podcast, uh, I, which I host with Carissa Harlow, which some of y'all might know from our from when she's guested with us over here. In college, our with the nicknames we gave each other were Lewis and Tolkien, and I was Tolkien and she was Lewis. But the more that I read C.S. Lewis <laughs> and I see his approach to writing, I'm like... <laughs> I feel like I am more of a Lewis and she's more of a Tolkien because she's like rules and put in the work and world building. And C.S. Lewis is like, what if Santa Claus? And I'm like, yep, I, I see it. I buy it. Like, I like it. Hmm, okay, let him speak. Yeah, what I'm if like, Santa Claus? What if Santa Claus, though? That's, you know, he's on to something here. And Tolkien is like just hating it so much. Like, no, no, no. No, he's like, there's one way to do things. And I feel like that's more of Carissa's vibe yeah. than it is mine. So in reality, our nickname should have been switched. But for tradition's sake, yeah. I'm still Tolkien it's and okay. she's still Lewis. But I, such admiration for the man, which I believe he also put Santa Claus in because if I remember correctly, that obviously, so Santa Claus, uh, he has like a bit of a cameo in this book. Yes, yes. He appears. I'm pretty sure it's because Tolkien told him that he couldn't, He's like, they were writing buddies, if you guys don't know, um, which I'll talk about more in his in C.S. Lewis's Yay. bio. But um, they basically, I think they had a bit of a competition. The Lord of the Rings and uh, the Chronicles of Narnia were kind of like uh, started in like competition with each other, like as as writers working on them. And Tolkien told Lewis, if I'm remembering correctly, so you guys can fact check me if I'm wrong, um, that he couldn't work Santa Claus in to the fantasy. Um, And Lewis was like, it might've been even a joke. I don't know. But Lewis was like, I actually can. And I will. And then Tolkien was like, I hate it. it. (laughs) This is the worst thing you've ever done. Yeah, exactly. And Lewis was like, I'm not changing it. I'm so proud. And I'm so proud too. But I just love that because Tolkien did openly hate that. The fact (laughs) that he's such a grumpy man, you know, he is strikes me as a grump. He does. But in an endearing way, I imagine. Yeah. And C.S. Lewis, I would say, I think Lewis is more quotable than Tolkien. 
Mm. I think Tolkien can kind of get like wordy and like really into describing trees. And I'm like, yes, I'm yes. done hearing about trees now, Tolkien, but thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, buddy. And Lewis is like, really potent line here. Really interesting line here. Very human line I think he's here. very clever. He's very clever. I very much enjoy that mm. about him. It is interesting, though, because I feel like a better comparison would, or not better, but like the comparison, I guess, between them would be like this versus like The Hobbit. Yeah. Because they're both for children. Yeah, because they're both for children. Yeah. So like, yeah. it's hard to Didn't, And he compare. did The Hobbit first. So maybe yes. that's just like a folk story that it was like a competition between the two. I mean, I know that they helped each other and like reviewed each other's work a lot. But right, maybe right, that's right. just like well, I'm sure they were. urban legend. Yeah, I don't really know. But I guess when I was just reading it, I was thinking about Tolkien, of yeah. course, because of I knew they're buddies. Yeah. So I was thinking about like buddies, um, this versus the Hobbit, like as um, rival children's <laughs> fantasies and like yeah. the differences that they went into their approach. Mm-hmm. I think the lo- there's a lot of urban legend about like them being rivals and stuff and the rivalry because I don't, they were actually very close friends. Like, there's oh not yeah. A real rivalry. It was like, as like a fun, like friendly competition. Right. Yeah. I don't mean any. like a bloody rivalry. Yeah, I don't, I just no, mean, I'm just like, clarifying for you're... people because some people think there's like a real rivalry between the two and it's not they were buds oh yeah besties yeah besties so, so cute. cute so cute i love them i do honestly they had such a good it does feel like carissa and my friendship very much Aww. so except that in the reverse like personality yeah. it really does <laughs> we talk about writing a lot she's like this is the way you do things and i'm like but what if what if you do things completely the opposite and she's like don't do that and i'm like i will i was like i can't believe you're veering off of your 500 page bible that you wrote for this book so that you'll stay on track and you're like oh i didn't do that i didn't do it though actually i i kind of just bypassed that step is that bad unacceptable no she's not nobody could be as anal as tolkien was with world building but she is so much more like into it and does the work she's like you haven't rewritten like a series of six books like 10 times you what are you talking about she's like i will get this perfect and i'm like aliens and uh action comedy a hot guy one book we're good to go moving on there it is i did it it. it's done (laughs) done (laughs) yeah exactly well, uh, should I get into uh, Lewis's bio? Yes, please. Okay. Um, I did look this over in advance, but I have, like, multiple web pages open that I'm referring it's to. It's all good. So, first off, we're going to give some credit to cslewis.com, oh. which is very helpful. cslewis.com. Yeah, thank you. That's how I learned in November, on November 29th in 1898, Clive Staples Lewis was born in Belfast, Ireland. That's right. King. His middle name is Staple, which is very funny yes, to me. Yes, that's really good. Maybe I should name my child Staple. The dog. Yeah, I hear. Hi, Brownie. Well, Brownie was whining outside the door and insisted upon joining us. But um, but Brownie, Brownie. you're going to learn about C.S. Lewis now and you're going to be quiet. She's going to be an educated dog. You're going to be an educated dog. She's like, I don't know anything in my little brain, but I do love you. (laughs) There's nothing in this head except for love. (laughs) Yep. You're my sweet girl. Nothing in there. Anyways. (laughs) All vibes. (laughs) <laughs> she's running girl. purely on vibes <laughs> running purely on vibes she's like yesterday the cat scratched my nose and my feelings are still really hurt. i know she's really milking that i know she really is anyway so clive staple lewis born belfast ireland november 29th 1898 making him a november 29th uh-huh uh sagittarius yep he's a sagittarius i like that you've like learned when they are too because i still make no effort to learn i'm just like i wonder and i look it up again because i i won't learn well i know because that one's close to billy the kid's birthday so oh well of course that's why because your husband right right i have to know my husband's um yeah 
Everyone has to know. What what kind of wife are you if you don't know (laughs) your (laughs) (laughs) Your husband's Zodiac? My husband is unsurprisingly a Libra. Yeah, there we go. If you know him, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, Okay, so his mother died when he was pretty young. Uh, He was sent to school in Hertfordshire, England, uh, and then later enrolled as a boarding student at Campbell College in Belfast, Ireland, but left in December due to respiratory problems. That was in 1910. And I was like, hang on. Lewis has respiratory problems? I have respiratory problems. Oh, my God. We're like (laughs) twins. Oh, my God, Lewis. You and me, buddy. So wheezies for life. Uh, (laughs) Wheezies for life. (laughs) Oh, God. Let's see. Uh, he was raised Christian, but in, like, 1911, he kind of abandoned his Christian faith. He had quite the, like, religious journey himself. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. And then he met Arthur Greaves, whose name you might have heard. Is he an author, Arthur Greaves? I know the name, I don't but know. I don't remember. Anyways, they met and became, like, besties for life in 1914. Uh, let's see. I'm just giving you guys a timeline here, but I'll go back a little bit more. Um in 1916, he received a scholarship to the university, uh, to, to University College in Oxford, not to be confused with the University of Oxford, right? Gotcha. Or is that it? I, I have no idea. Listen, you guys. I'm not from England. I'm not. Listen. So there are two colleges. Well, what does this says? University College here. Hang on. Look, I'll go look. No, because University of Oxford is different. University College in Oxford is something else. <laughs> Isn't it? I don't Oxford, know. Oxford, you have too many. You get one. <laughs> yeah. Like, we can't be, we can't spend time figuring this out, Oxford. No, I'm not going to do this much research in advance. Anyways, uh, moving on from that, I cannot confirm nor deny the uh, state of the different potential universities in Oxford. Uh, in 1917, he enlisted in the British Army. Uh, one of his really close friends, Patty Moore, was reported as killed in battle a year later. Aww. And I actually remember learning in school that, that that really affected him and really informed a lot of his writing later. So that was um, that was pretty tragic. Um, also in that year, he was wounded in a battle of the Battle of Arras. I don't know how you say that, but um, he was wounded and then discharged later in the year. Mm. Um, let's see. He moved in with Patty Moore's mother, Mrs. Janie King Moore, and uh, Patty's sister, Maureen. Oh, Yeah. So that's really sweet. Uh, that's when he started publishing under the pseudonym Clive Ham- uh, Hamilt. Uh, he first published some- something called Spirits in Bondage? Bondage? I don't know. I don't know how you say that. Um, but anyways, I don't know what it's about. But it was the first thing he published under a pseudonym in 1919. Uh, then he was appointed an English fellow of Magdalen College in Oxford. See, there's a lot of colleges in Oxford. Yeah, okay. And that's where he tutored uh, English, la- English language and literature, which I think Tolkien did something similar. That was all the way in 1925, so a few years there with not as many details. And in 1926, he met his friend and colleague, J.R.R. Tolkien. Besties. Besties um, for life. Yeah, he's still... Anarchy. 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 <laughs> anarchy. <laughs> My song with literally no melody, but <laughs> yeah, that's Now it. it does. Now it has one. See, 1926, he's still publishing under the pseudonym Clive Hamilt. He published something called Dimer. I think his earlier work is more academic-y, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, a lot of Tolkien's was too. So I think they both kind of had like a similar literature journey. Right. Uh, see, in... C.S. Lewis's father, Albert Lewis, passed away in Belfast in 1929. So he now has no parents as of 1929, which is very sad. 
Um, and then in 19, the same year, he basically, uh, he didn't really, really return to Christianity, but he basically decided that he wasn't atheist anymore and that he did believe in some God. It doesn't say he was agnostic. It just says that he converted to theism. Uh-huh. So I don't know that we have a lot of details. He was just like, maybe there <laughs> is like, a God. He's like, vaguely, maybe. <laughs> vaguely, maybe. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Moors moved uh, September 1931. So a couple of years later, he converted to Christianity. And so a lot of his later works from now, now really after he converted to Christianity is when most of his works were written. He didn't really write or publish that much, that much before them. And uh-huh. if you guys know much about C.S. Lewis, it, his Christian faith ex- like hugely informed his work. Obviously, <laughs> the Chronicles of Narnia is an allegory it's not even a thinly veiled it's one. like so obvious it's so obvious but it is excellently executed to the point I where really even like if you it. don't yeah. know it it's still a really good story. and that's how you do an allegory right yeah even if you don't know the base material you're like this was a fantastic story oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no notes <laughs> no notes you're like i have one note santa claus i i do i um we'll get back to that <laughs> oh let's see uh he published uh, The Allegory of Love, publishes um, his first novel in the Space Trilogy series, Out of the Silent Planet, which you guys might have heard of. That was in 1938. And in 1940, weekly meetings of the Inklings began in Oxford oh, University. Cute. So the Inklings, if you guys don't know, is adorable, first of all. Mm-hmm. It was a group of writers. Uh, a lot of them wrote in fantasy specifically, included uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, Owen Barfield, and a couple other names. And they would just get together like once a week and talk about what they were writing and like over drinks and then they would and they would send each other stuff that they were working so on good. and give each other feedback this was like the way this was like the ultimate writing group a better writing group has never existed no 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 and plus they had the best name yeah they just and that's where it all started really are you really gonna sit there and chew on your little horn toy and so the mic can pick it up this whole time is that why you wind outside the door brownie can you guys hear her gnawing on it She's so happy I don't want to take it away from her, but it is annoying. <laughs> I guess you guys are going to get to listen to a, it's a, what do you call it? Uh, this thing. Oh, ASMR. Yeah, ASMR. Brownie ASMR. Brownie ASMR chewing on, a, on her toy. Uh, in 1940, he published a book called The Problem of Pain, which I'm curious to, uh, hmm. to read. Um, he also, in 1941, began some... Brownie oh, is so man. loud. Began uh, some wartime broadcast talks about Christianity, which later was collected in Mere Christianity. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, which is a lot more familiar. Uh, let's see. He was also a member of Oxford University's Socratic Club. I don't really know much about that. He wrote the Screw Tape Letters in 1942. My dad likes that. Yeah, a lot of people mm-hmm. do. Uh, let's see. He wrote a bunch of other stuff. So much stuff. A lot of it religious. Uh, more sci-fi. I enjoyed that he was into sci-fi. Me too. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, more stuff. More stuff. So much. The Great Divorce in 1946 he published. He was an award. He was awarded an honorary Doctor of Divinity uh, by the University of St Andrews in 1946. Oh wow! Which is pretty cool. I mean, he'd written a lot of stuff on Christianity (laughs) by then. They were like, okay, I guess they're like, he's earned it. Just give it to him. He appeared on the cover of Time Magazine in 1947, and he was elected Fellow of the Royal Society of Literature in 1948. So, published a bunch more stuff. Oh, here we go. Uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was published October 16th, 1950. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, 1950. It's a good one. Uh, Prince Caspian was published the next year. Oh, Mrs. Moore also passed away that year. Aww. So, Patty Moore's mother, who he'd been living with um, them sad. and their family. Uh, let's see. Keep going. Keep going. Published a lot. He really published the series, the the Narnia Chronicle, the Chronicles of Narnia, 
he published them priest like quickly in succession right. over the next few years uh, in 1954, you'll enjoy this, he became a chair of the Medieval and Renaissance Literature Club at Cambridge, basically. God, he's such a nerd. He's a massive nerd. <laughs> but you know who's an even bigger nerd is Tolkien. Oh, Tolkien, Tolkien I know. Tolkien takes, like, you meet C.S. Lewis and you'd go, there's never been a nerdier nerd. And then you meet Tolkien <laughs> like, and I... you're like, I did not know this was possible. I feel like uh, Tolkien makes Lewis look like a jock. That's you know? exactly, that is exactly <laughs> correct. He does. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, let's see. The Magician's Nephew. I think that's the last. Is that it's, the last? Well, chronologically, it's the first one. Oh, chron- that's right. Chronologically, but I think he the, wrote it later. So one. Yeah, it published I published in 1955. I do like that one. Yeah, I haven't read it, but I know I know a lot of people do. Uh, oh, yeah. And then The Last Battle. So the last book in the Chronicles of Narnia was in 1956. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, 1956, he also, he married uh, Joy David Mingresham. And she already had two children. I Let me see what their names are. I almost forgot their names. Um, their names are David and Douglas. But then four years later, she passed away from cancer at the oh. age of 45. No, no. So that was really sad. And they were both older when they met and married, too. He, yeah. Like, as far as I'm seeing, so on my initial research, I didn't see anything about, like, an earlier relationship. So I don't know. Um, he kept publishing after that. He and T.S. Eliot... Uh, he comes with T.S. Eliot, a member of the commission to revise the Psalter. I don't know what that means, but um, <laughs> basically, what's notable here is that in 1959 he worked with T.S. Eliot. He was buddies with T.S. Eliot. Yeah, that's. A, I just wanted to drop in T.S. Eliot's name. Uh, yeah, and there it is. And then his wife passed away, which is really sad. Uh, in 1961, he was diagnosed with kidney inflammation continued to publish i think he published over 30 things in his life but now he started he started to publish some stuff under another pseudonym nw clerk so that's interesting and then november 22nd 1963 he passed away oh yeah so that was sad um uh and then a couple of his collections were published posthumously as well and all of that is on cslewis.com some of the inklings information was from wikipedia on the inklings and uh yeah that's uh that's all I got There's on our CS boy Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Well, cool. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about Narnia. Okay. Let's talk about This Narnia. is for you, Phoebe. Thank let's you. Let's talk about it. Thank you, Phoebe. So, okay. Um, so, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is iconic. Um, basically, it. if you don't know... We're going to do the plot summary because this is what we always do. So <laughs> if you're new here, if you're new here <laughs> and if you haven't read it, we're, if you're new here, we're, we're going to do spoilers. Uh, so. We're total jocks. We're who, uh... total jocks. <laughs> we, lo- <laughs> we were both cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing funnier has ever been said. I was goth in high school. <laughs> so... God, I would love to see a goth cheerleader. Oh I feel God. like that could be a good aesthetic. That could be an X. I think it is an aesthetic, actually. Mm-hmm. That, that should have been Addison's journey in Zombies, too. She that should have become, so like, better. cool werewolf, like, goth Yeah. I feel like they started to play with that at the end of the movie. And yeah. And they were like, mm, never mind. But, like, I, I felt, okay, this is quick Zombies 2, Grant. <laughs> She's all, like, everyone's like, Zed, you're not being true to yourself, which I agreed with. Yes. But then nobody said anything about Addison. They were like pretending to be a werewolf basically. yeah she's basically pretending to be a werewolf is this cultural appropriation i was literally gonna say she's straight a cult she's straight culturally appropriated <laughs> everything everything, like, and, everything. Then, <laughs> and then at the end she was like um they were like 
oh, wow, like, cool new look, Addison. Everyone's trying to be supportive, you know? Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, I just, I found out I'm not even a werewolf. And then I don't even know if I'm a cheerleader either. And oh I'm like, God, girl, you're definitely you a cheerleader. have always loved, you're also going against what you've always thought about yourself and yeah. what you believe just yes. because, because now of- you're, like, having a crisis or something. And nobody said anything to her. So. No, it's ridiculous. Yeah, she's been she can get away with ever. everything, and she, then can get away with nothing. This is earlier stupid. in the movie. She said, "And you can't make this up." Said, "I've always believed in the power of cheer to unite." But <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like that is such a statement. Like, if you weren't a cheerleader, you wouldn't have said that. If you weren't a cheerleader deep in your soul, so I have no doubts, Addison, that yes, you are. A this is who you are, Addison. Stop trying to be somebody you're not. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. (laughs) So here's what I will say, uh, right before we start. I think Lewis is so good at naming things. He's excellent at naming Uh, Okay, Narnia has got Mm -hmm. to be one of the best fantasy world names I've ever heard. 100%. I struggled with this so badly. Oh my god. He like, he came up with this all on his own. Like, that is such a good name. Tolkien is like furious right now oh yeah he's great he's like do you know how much work i put into naming everything <laughs> and Lisa's like what about something that sounds cool uh, narnia. narnia what does it mean it sounds uh, cool i don't know it's fun <laughs> we're having a fun time yeah we're having a good time tolkien's like this is not how you do things <laughs> no 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 and he's like what's the narnian dialect he's like i yeah. don't know oh we got talking animals like, uh, they're birds uh, i don't know oh santa claus there's talking animals beaver. uh there's a beaver there the beaver uh, and his wife mixing all my mythologies um <laughs> So, but but I said that as well to bring up the fact that I love the Pevensey name as a last name. Pevensey is such a good last name. It is. And then, so the Pevensey children are Mm -hmm. Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy, Mm -hmm. in that order age-wise, oldest, youngest. Um, And, oh, you know what? We're doing enough, two weeks in a row, we're doing a... World War Two British books. Yes, we are. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, lots of World War Two. Yeah. yeah. So this book is said in World War Two. And then we just watched A Walk in the Clouds. We did, which is yeah. also World War Two. Yeah, it's a lot of wow, World War Two. Wow, we're getting stuff. it all in right now. Oh my goodness. We're gonna. We're so educated on World War Two <laughs> <laughs> from many different uh, perspectives. <laughs> so many fictional perspectives. Oh yeah, we're yeah, so yeah. educated. I know everything about it. Now. <laughs> we are um, experts. So, uh, the Pevensey children. Um, are going to go stay with this old professor guy in the country because yes. during the war, as we talked about sort of in Guernsey Literary mm-hmm. and Potato Peeled Pie Society, kids would like get sent to other places that weren't going to be bombed, like kids yeah. from like London, um, yeah. you know, to escape the Blitz and stuff like that. Yeah. And so the Pevensey children go stay with this cool old professor guy in his huge mansion in the in the random countryside yeah and it's like a cool place and they're like get pretty much run of the place and they get to like have fun and run around yeah um but uh so they end up uh finding this wardrobe that's in one of these rooms in Mm -hmm. the huge mansion and um they're like oh okay cool wardrobe well our girl lucy the youngest Mm -hmm. she uh goes inside the wardrobe and uh, finds out that it is actually Magical. yes a portal basically to this world called Narnia. Yep. And so um, she meets. Um, it's like it's very snowy there. She's like in a wood basically. She yeah. goes through the wardrobe and ends up in like this forest, and it's snowy. And there's a lamp post there that she runs mm-hmm. into, and she ends up meeting a fawn. <laughs> Which is a satyr. Yes. Um, 
you know, half goat, half human mm-hmm. for those who are not in the know. But he all uh, adorable. If we're gonna go based oh, on the movie, so cute. He's so cute. Um, I love Mr. <laughs> Tumnus. I know, I know. Uh, and he's uh, his name is Mr. Tumnus, and he is this little fawn who lives in the woods. And he and Lucy kind of start talking, and then he like mm-hmm. invites her over to his house for tea, and they're having a great his time. Really yes, yeah, so cute. He has all these books and maps yeah. and pictures and all that it's very cozy yes he's very nice and um lucy's like i'm having the best time ever like this is awesome she is yeah and but then uh uh-oh we find out mr thomas is having a freak out because Mm he basically yes he confesses to her that he is betraying her he's like a spy mm -hmm. of the white witch yes he's going to turn her in and so narnia you learn is ruled right now by the white witch and she's the one who makes it always always winter and it's never never christmas Christmas. always winter and never christmas and (laughs) it's a reliant song yes uh, (laughs) now that you've said it i can all right i can't believe it didn't jump to mind yes it's so catchy yeah lucy's like oh well dang it (laughs) <laughs> that sucks and Mr. Dumbass is like okay it's not too late yeah. I'm going to uh, I'll help you get back to where you're from Yeah. and so she's like okay great and spare he's doing room. yes he she's like I'm from I came through the spare room in the wardrobe yeah. and he misunderstands and thinks that she's from a place called spare um yeah. and that she's from a city called wardrobe yeah. <laughs> so, which is very cute it's super cute <laughs> and, and she's like it's okay I forgive you right away he's like yes. I'm the worst fine ever and she's like don't say that I forgive you. And he's like, I was going to turn you over. And she's like, well, that wasn't very good, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, I wish you hadn't, but, you know, it's fine. We'll yeah. get past it as friends. <laughs> she's so sweet. And so, she's so pure. She's so sweet. And so uh, he, it's kind of dangerous for him to even help her get yeah. back now because yeah. he explains, like, some of the trees even are, like, spies mm-hmm. for the White Witch. Like, yeah. if anyone sees them together, like, yeah. he Tolkien's could get in like, huge you trouble. like, my tree thing! <laughs> yeah. They're both <laughs> like, what if trees alive? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so good. So, Mr. Thomas does help her, though, and she goes back, um, and she meets up back with her siblings back in um, the house mm-hmm. after she goes back through the wardrobe. Yeah. And she's like, oh my god, I'm back, you guys. Like, I'm so sorry it's gone so long. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, we, we just walked out of the room. <laughs> yes. And she's like, I was gone for, like, forever. And they're like, uh, okay, that's really funny, Lucy. Good yeah, one. Like, hilarious. Okay. So she tells them about Narnia and stuff, yeah. and they're like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. they're like, okay, good joke, Lucy. But mm-hmm. they go back in, and the and Narnia's not there. Yeah. And so they're like, this is not... She's clearly making it. And Edmund is such a prick. Can we just, from the start, Edmund's got something <laughs> going on Edmund does have something going on and I found it so interesting they didn't even mention this really until like the end uh-huh, that he'd like apparently been That's going through horrible something. bad time at a school or something yes. he, and like, apparently he used to be nice and he went to some horrible school yeah and like, all of a sudden he turned into a little what happened shit? to our boy I know I think Edmund got bullied at that school I think um, he probably did too and, and so I now he's bullying Lucy he's bullying Lucy but um yeah he's Edmund is going through a hard time clearly he's being a little shit okay (laughs) he is though he is um and so he's making fun of lucy for this and stuff Mm -hmm. and peter's like okay like calm down like leave her alone peter's like knock it peter is very he's doing his best as a big brother peter is doing his best and here's i'm gonna say this right now i hate peter in the movies yeah (laughs) but i love peter in the the book book, i know yeah in the movies he's a little insufferable he's so rude like and he's yeah. so full of himself. He's so he's kind of full of himself in the book too. <laughs> he is, but it's, he's it's he not as bad. Tolerated a little more, I yeah. think, because he's a little nicer to Edmund in the book. Yeah, like 
in the movie, he's so mean to him. He is, yeah. And I'm like, I know Edmund's being annoying, well, he's but... he's, like, also in the movie kind of, like, lording over him that he's the oldest yes. brother. Yes. Yeah. But I also felt like that was kind of realistic. Like, no, a no, lot no. of it, older brothers It is like totally. That. I do yeah. feel like it makes sense. in the book. I think everyone's a little sweeter in the book. I think so, too. Except yeah. for, I feel like Edmund is worse in the book. Edmund is worse in the, the movie. Book. I'm a complete Edmund stand. Edmund really? is my favorite character. Oh not gonna God. lie to you. <laughs> in the movie, I was like, oh, he's not as bad. I can see how he kind of like went wrong already. <laughs> Except that, like, so the whole Turkish delight. You got things lately. Lately, I don't know what's brought it back, but lately people have been saying stuff like, like, will like toss you over as fast as like Edmund would toss over his family for Turkish delights. I mean, it's an easy in the blow. Book, like, but in the book, you find out. They're enchanted, so yeah. it's not... I mean, it's still bad. I've been saying this for years. People will always like to slander my boy, and I'm like, he was drugged. He was <laughs> drugged. In the movie, they don't make that clear, so no. in the movie, you're like, oh my god, he really did just betray his family for some candy. <laughs> but in the book... What a dick. It's like enchanted Turkish delight, so after you eat it, you just want more. Now, he still was very clearly making decisions. No, like, yeah. But he did have the added difficulty of trying to overcome a Turkish delight addiction. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, and there's also another difference that, from the movie and book that I'm going to talk about later with Edmund. But so basically, yeah. So then Lucy, I mean, Peter and Susan are kind of like worried. Oh, no. Yes, they're worried. But then uh, before that, before they go to the professor, Edmund mm-hmm. ends up going into the wardrobe. Yep. And because he thinks that he's going to, like, you know, scare Lucy. Yeah. yeah. And he's trying to be mean. But he goes through and he's like, oh, shoot, she's right. There is, like, an enchanted forest here. Yeah, exactly. So as he meets the White Witch. Yes, as soon as he goes in there, he runs into the White Witch. Mm -hmm. And she's very, like, nice to him. And Mm -hmm. she gives him Turkish delight, as we discussed. never trust a woman in the woods giving you candy. We've been through this. So true. You turn your ass right around. <laughs> you walk back the way you walk back into that closet. You go back. <laughs> you do not accept it. Yeah. And so, yeah, she's like, basically, she tells him, oh, my God, like, I've always wanted, a, like, an heir, basically, oh, to, like, be, be, like, a prince of Narnia. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna, I would make him, like, so rich. And I would, like, be so great to him. And he would be yeah. so great. And so Edmund's like, oh, that sounds awesome. And she's yeah. like, yeah, that would be totally great if you would do that. And she's totally yeah. flattering him. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a really funny line where she says something like, well, only a boy as clever and, like, yes. handsome as you. And then Lewis goes, <laughs> with his face, like, full of Turkish delight, <laughs> Edmund looked neither clever or <laughs> handsome. <laughs> It's so good. Yes, the narrator's voice is very like opinionated and yes. clever the whole time. It's excellent. He kind narrated. of roasts Edmund the whole time. He does. Well, he's very roastable the whole time. He does make a lot of poor decisions. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that the narrator has like a little snarky voice. Yeah, he does. And she's like, "Well, the thing is, like, I want to meet your siblings. Like, tell me about your siblings." And like, mm-hmm. that's the whole thing with like the uh, sons of Adam, daughters of Eve thing, or yes. whatever. Yeah, so she's like, tell me about your siblings, and he's like, they're the worst, and I hate them, basically. They're just garbage. And she's like, well, I want you to bring them here, and don't worry, I won't make them as royal as you, but, like, maybe they can be, like, duchesses or dukes or something. And he literally has the thought, like, that's too nice to them. Let's not be that nice to them. Maybe Peter can serve me. Yeah. Like, he really just, he really wants to best Peter. He has got it out for Peter right now. He really does. Yeah. 
And so, <laughs> so he's like, okay, fine, I guess. Because he's like, I'm not going to give you more Turkish delight until you bring them here. Yeah. And he's like, okay, fine. Yeah. So he goes back. And as he's as he's going back, he runs into Lucy. Yeah. And Lucy's like, oh, my gosh, you're here. I'm so excited. Yeah. Like, somebody will believe me finally. And she's like, yeah. oh, are you having a great time? I went to go see Mr. Tumnus. Everything's great. Uh-huh. And Edmund's like, oh. And Lucy is immediately like, yeah, so the White Witch is a horrible person. And she starts telling him about the whole thing. Yeah. And Edmund's like... Um, I'm sure that's not important. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and the White Witch too said, just so you know, if you ever run into anyone else here, the fawns especially, yes. they, they're very deceptive. They just, like, are compulsive liars, and they say mm-hmm. things about me that are just nasty and not true, so just know. And so Lucy, who's, like, hung out with Tumnus a few times now or whatever, is all, oh, the White Witch is horrible, and she's kept it winter here forever, mm-hmm. and everyone's, like, the animals and the trees are all, like, afraid of her. And so despite having every piece of evidence to prove that Lucy is correct... <laughs> Edmund's like, mm, I'm not going to believe. I'm going to believe the lady who gave me Turkish delight. Yes. You just don't know her like I do. <laughs> yeah, literally. But he doesn't say anything at all. No, he yeah. pretends like, oh, what? He I never like met he anybody. Hasn't met her. Yeah. And so they go back, and Lucy is, of course, so excited because she's mm-hmm. like, now Edmund can tell yeah. Peter and Susan, like, yeah. we're, that's real. And Edmund gaslights her and is like, it's awful. Nope, I didn't, what? You so know, what are you she's, talking she's about? kidding. She's, yeah. we were pretending. Like, yeah, we were just pretending, Lucy. And, and she's she gets so, so upset. upset for days. Of course she does. She reminds me, Lucy reminds me so much of my little sister. Aww. Like, when, the, when when she was little. In, even, like, so the Lucy in the movie with the bob haircut, that's uh-huh. how I think of Lucy in the book. Yes. And my sister had that. And she had, like, the same freckles. Yeah. And the little gappy teeth. And her, like, if you didn't believe, I mean, my little sister did lie a lot when she was little. She'll tell you <laughs> that she would make shit up for sure. But, like, if you did not believe her, she would just get so upset. She would cry and mope, like, for days if you did not believe her. <laughs> and so I'm, like, so familiar with this. Yes. I always related to Susan, <laughs> especially Susan. in the movie, because she's all Peter stopping self-important. <laughs> Let's yes. just, like, try and get through shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like, um, I really, really like the movie adaptation. I, really I think it's, too. now, after rereading the book, I'm like, is the movie one of, like, the best adaptations from a book I've ever Possibly seen? so, ever. <laughs> I think it honestly think it really is, might because be. they take everything from the book mm-hmm. and they don't really add anything but no. they kind of make everything a little bit more like yeah. like there's even a lot more character subtleties and like yes. stuff that's in the book a little bit but yeah. then they so just they bring it out upon it more in the movie yeah, yeah i feel like it's so good i like really want to watch it again I do it's too. really good yeah i'm thinking about it that's a good um one. and there i think it was really well cast like those kids Extremely. did a great job they did Amazing! Like I definitely pictured them in the book to look like they look they exactly. Look, yeah, yeah, they look for exactly sure. like that. They're so perfect. Yeah, um, Edmund particularly with his like he did a great like, little job. attitude. Yeah, yes. he did excellent. Yeah, because you're like he. I think he brought something to the character. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> and they wrote him a little different. Like, yeah. um, but yeah. Anyway, great, great job all around. But yeah. So then Peter and Susan Peter and Susan are, go to the professor and they're like, we're really worried about our sister because she seems to be lying about this wardrobe thing. and Or maybe she's crazy. We don't know. Yeah. And the professor is like, well, between the two of them, who lies more? And they're like, well, definitely Edmund. But yeah. And he's like, so then why wouldn't you believe Lucy? And they're like, because uh. she's talking about a magical wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, how do you know it's not there? And they're yeah. like, oh, we didn't expect this response from an adult. The way he adult. lays it out is so <laughs> smart. He's like, there's only three possibilities. She's lying, she's crazy, or it's true. Yes. Does she lie? No. Uh, does she seem crazy? And they're like, well, no. And he's like, well, this leaves you with one option, so clearly it must be true. It's so good. Like, 
He's wonderful. What do they teach them in these schools? Yeah, he's always like, what do they teach them? And I'm like, this man is amazing. <laughs> he's so funny. I love him. He's, he seems really nice. He and is. he's just kind of like, oh, these kids. Okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Um, he's so unconcerned about these kids going off to like life or death oh, adventures. No. He's like, yeah, go He's like, fun. they can manage it. They'll be fine. <laughs> and um, so basically all four kids end up in the wardrobe um, mm-hmm. later on. And they all realize, of course, that there really is a wood there. And yeah. Lucy was telling the truth. And they're like, Edmund, you dick. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. Peter's like, Edmund, that is unacceptable. <laughs> and from here on out, because he kind of chews Edmund out. And I'm kind of like, rightfully so. Edmund has been a major dick oh, this yeah. whole time. He deserves to get chewed out for this. Yeah, exactly. So Peter chews him out. And then from this point on, Edmund's like, I hate you, Peter. He got, like, he, he almost really is, like, almost wants it. him to die for a second level of, like, hates him. He's so mad, yeah. He's like, I want you to suffer, Peter. So I'm like, Edmund has to be going through, like, first of all, he's probably going, he's a tween, I guess. Yeah. Or about to be a tween. Yeah. He's probably dealing with some weird hormones, like, going through he's puberty. He's having a rough time at school. A he's got the older brother tension. He's going through World War Two. Yes. Uh... His, I guess his, honestly, his only authority figure is his older brother, Which who's barely older than him. really badly. That yeah. would ruin, yeah, that would yeah. mess anyone up a little bit. Yeah, but, no, he definitely has reasons to be going through a hard should, time. But he should have been better. He, yeah. Um, well, I mean, he traded his, so there's <laughs> yeah, no way about it. definitely he did very bad. <laughs> betray his siblings for Turkish delights. But, but I, <laughs> those were drugged Turkish delights. It was harder than if it was a normal Turkish right. delight. So we're not talking about just but any like, Turkish delight. But like, would Lucy have done it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of factors that led to this for Edwin. <laughs> but oh, um, God. so yeah. So anyway, they end up going to Mr. Temnus's house, and they find out Mr. Temnus has been arrested mm-hmm. because somebody found out that he was with Lucy. Mm-hmm. And I, okay, I can't remember, but in the movie, it was definitely Edmund because he told the White Witch about Mr. Tumnus. Yeah. But I can't remember if that happened in the book or not. I but I kind remember. of like it better like that. I kind of do, Because it makes it worse. It you does. Know? <laughs> and well, it also, it's, it's completely... The thing is, anything that they, like, did in the movie that was a little different from the book is so true to the character oh, yeah. that you're like, yes, that's exactly what he would have done. Yes. Yeah. And the th- I guess I'll bring it up now, but I like in the movie... I think in the movie, they made Edmund a little bit more sympathetic because... Almost every time that he does something that makes it worse Mm -hmm. after, like, kind of, you know, already deciding to do the bad thing. Yeah. Is it's because he's trying to protect somebody else or, like, he thinks he's doing the right thing, but he's not. Yeah. So, like, um, later on, like, for instance, there's, like, a scene in the movie where there's, like, that fox who's, like, kind of trying to cover up where the Mm -hmm. seas went. Yeah. But but Edmund knows that the white witch is going to like kill the fox for not saying anything. So mm-hmm. he's like, can't handle that. So yeah. he goes ahead and says it, yeah. even though he's just trying to protect him, but it's like yeah. misguided. Yeah. It's like that kind of thing over and yeah. over. Like he can't handle like the, the sadness of yeah. seeing somebody get hurt or whatever, yeah. but it's ends up hurting <laughs> the other people by accident. Like, so it kind of is a more sympathetic And I think that that was actually smart because there's no way, like, this poor child, he's probably, what, 11, Yeah, you know? Like, I feel like that makes sense for that kind of age character. Yes, I think it does. Anyway. It's all very believable for this character. It totally is. You makes you, you're sympathetic towards him. You don't approve. And you're like, you are still being an absolute shit. (laughs) 
but I am sorry for you. Like, he really gets his comeuppance. Every time he messes up, he is deeply punished right oh, away. Yeah. And you're like, I'm sorry because, you're going through this. Uh, yeah, I mean, after he... The, karma is very swift for Edmund. <laughs> So basically, after this, they meet the beavers, and mm-hmm. the beavers are like kind of friends of Mr. Thomas, and so they kind of tell the Pevensies like what's going on. Yeah. And Mr. Beaver mentions um, Aslan, mm-hmm. who is like the real king of Narnia, yeah. who is this lion. Yeah. And um, so they're like, oh, great. And so they go back to the beaver's house and all this. But then while they're there, Edmund sneaks out to go um, talk to the White Witch because mm-hmm. he's like, I can't probably get them all the way there. They're literally like talking about how the White Witch is a deceptive <laughs> and Aslan is, has returned and Aslan is the right ruler. And yes. legend tells of these of the two daughters of even two sons of Adam who will come and reign at Caraval or whatever, uh-huh. like, however you say it. And that spring will return and all this stuff. And Edmund is just like, mm, sounds like fake news, and like leaves. He's like, I'm just gonna choose to believe the lady with the candy. I know. It's and I'm so like, bad. evidence. Every piece of evidence is telling you that what the beavers are telling you is correct. Yes. And he's just like, but what about my candy? He's like, mm, I got promised like candy and a crown, and I really want my brother to be my servant. So yeah. I'm gonna go see what she's doing right now. He's like, I've been on World War II rations for a couple of years now, so I'm kind of like all about that candy life. Yeah. He's um, like. <laughs> Life of comfort royalty. I think I'm going to go for that. Yeah, I think I'll do that. So he gets there, and the White Witch is, of course, not happy with him. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, I told you to bring all your siblings here. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, I brought them halfway. They're at the Beaver's house. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I guess I'll send my people after them. Yeah. So as soon as the Pevensey children realize Edmund is gone, they realize what's happened. Mm-hmm. Mr. Beaver is like, oh, yeah, he totally is in with the White Witch. I could tell immediately. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Why no. And so they're all like, okay, I guess we have to go on the run. So Mm -hmm. the beavers and the Pevensies leave while Edmund gets basically thrown in the dungeon. Edmund (laughs) is not treated well. so bad. From this point on, everything sucks for our boy. They're like, we are going on a really uh, awful, brutal, freezing cold nighttime open carriage ride at top speed. And you are coming and you're going to sit there on the ground. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And you're freezing cold, but you don't get a coat. You don't get anything. You get crust of bread. Yes. Thank you. Um, could I have some Turkish delight? I'm really hungry. And then she basically doesn't want him to waste away at So she's like, fine, give him some food. And he's all excited. And like the little like a uh, dwarf guy or whatever gives him like a piece of stale bread. Yes. And it's Edmund's like, sad. I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, it's rough. And then he basically starts to get dragged across the country. Yes. And it's really, really brutal. It journey. is brutal. <laughs> and then like, uh, as um he, she, because he tells her about Aslan and stuff. Yeah. And so they... Then it becomes apparent Aslan is back because the winter starts melting and it starts mm-hmm. becoming spring again. Yeah. So then her sled doesn't work. So then they just tie like tie up Edmund and drag him across the country while they're walking for yeah. like days. They're literally walking for days. <laughs> yes. But what happens before that when the snow starts to melt? Here we go. Our boy Santa shows up. <laughs> Santa shows up because Christmas has come at last. Yay, Christmas. Hooray. Now it's finally Christmas. I'm completely okay with this because in the movie, I was like, what the hell is Santa Claus doing here? But in the book, they have already said like four or five times now, in Narnia, it's always winter, but never Christmas. So when Santa Claus shows up, I'm like, oh my God, he's here. It's Christmas. Christmas has come. And then it's going to be spring. And so it makes sense. I just, and I fully approve. I, I have mean, no problem. I like no that they get presents because they're very useful. And they are useful. it was a good plot device, I suppose. Yeah. But. Why is there Christmas in Narnia? 
Because everyone deserves La- Christmas. Is Aslan not the Jesus figure? Yes. Christmas has not happened yet. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Shh. I don't, there is no Jesus in Narnia. It's they only have, Aslan. They have adopted the culture from the human world. It does. Let them have it. I it almost felt like when I was reading it, I was like, "Wait, is Santa from Narnia?" Like the way he was talking about yeah, it. Yeah, Santa's from Narnia. So that checks out. Is... He's magical. This, this explains <laughs> everything, Kendall. I mean, I guess. So, like, Santa shows up. Santa's from Santa is a Narnian. Yes. If we're going off this logic, yes. So he goes That's into how he the can human world, deliver presents on Christmas, to deliver yeah, presents. In the human world, yeah. But he's on his way. So to he's go just do that. using our earthly excuse for Christmas to deliver presents. Yes. And so Christmas might mean something else in Narnia. But it does mean the end of winter for sure. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, over here it's like the beginning <laughs> of winter. I guess I just. Or is he getting it in? Like he's like, oh, winter's about to be over. I guess I'll get in my presents now. I don't know. I don't know. I. Listen, they say it's always winter, <laughs> never Christmas, and then it's <laughs> Christmas. And now it's finally Christmas. I mean, I understand the significance of that. I guess I can appreciate that. And that's I like why I'm I, accepting it. Okay, here's what I'm going to have to do. Turn off the part of my brain that's like, this doesn't make sense. And just appreciate that it's a book for children. Mm-hmm. Children understand that, oh, Christmas, oh, like, even in the movie, Lucy says something like, oh, well, winter's not all bad. I mean, there's ice skating, Christmas, mm-hmm. and Mr. Thomas is like, oh, we don't have Christmas. Yeah. So that makes sense as a child perspective, because you're like, okay, understanding this winter as ba- a bad thing, yes. you don't even get Christmas. Yeah. And it's also, I guess, a more apt metaphor for Jesus isn't here, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like if you're going off Lewis's yes. metaphor. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, now we're truly in a desolate Yes. Like, time in Narnian history. Exactly. Like, we don't even have Jesus. Like, yeah. you know, but not Jesus. But you know what I mean. Yeah. I guess that's what he was going for. I, I understand so. He also it. needed the plot device to deliver the gift, so to there deliver- was that, too. Like, he did need a plot device. And also, and Tolkien had said he couldn't do it, and so he did it. Uh, yes. And I respect it I'll, entirely for that alone. You know, I'm going to choose to respect it as well. Because <laughs> I, you, you will never see it in anything else. <laughs> He really just did no. it. And also, the book was pretty intense for a children's book. I did feel like randomly dropping Santa in there. That kinda is like nice. It was like this kind of refreshing, happy moment when things have been getting kind of and scary and yeah. intense. So for a children's book, I think it works very well. Yeah. If this was like young adult, new adult, or adult, I definitely would have been like a little more logically, how do we justify it? <laughs> right. But, but I for appreciate a ni- it. Uh, for a children's book, yeah. I like it, I guess. Yeah. And um, also the fact that they, in the movie, I have no recollection of, of them saying it's always winter, never Christmas. Yeah, but they say it five times in the books. So they really <laughs> hammer it home. In the movie, it's just maybe the once. I, I don't then, remember, but it's definitely there. Yeah, but I just didn't notice it. Okay. Like it wasn't prominent enough that I was like, oh, oh, Santa Claus is here. It means that winter is, the everlasting awful winter is ending. Mm-hmm. In the book, it's very clear. Because five times, he's like, I really, really want this to be significant when Santa shows up. <laughs> well, it's a big deal to Lucy. Yeah. I mean, imagine. I would also be upset. It'd be upsetting. I'd be like, are you kidding Always me? winter, but never Christmas? My best buddy, Mr. Tumnus, doesn't even get Christmas. This is upsetting. But... It's, it's very fascinating. To yeah. Me. Anyway. They, <laughs> so Santa gives them so presents. So he gives them presents and the presents rule. Yeah. Okay. Here's another thing I kind of like about it is that Lewis is like, okay, yeah, Santa's here, but he's not like silly, jolly Santa. Mm-hmm. He's like cool Santa. He is cool. Who's like, and it almost has the same vibe as like, 
when he's describing Aslan, mm-hmm. where it's like you love him, but there's something a little scary about him. Yeah. It's like the same kind of thing, but yeah. not in a bad way, but just yeah. like almost intimidating. Yeah, he's intimidating. And I like that. Yeah. I think it's kind of fun because it elevates it a little bit. I liked from, it too. Like, it wasn't like silliness. silly. Yeah, it, exactly. It's not silly, yeah. yeah. And so he gives them sick-ass presents. So Peter gets like a cool sword and mm-hmm. like a shield mm-hmm. and then Luce... Susan gets uh, a bow and arrow and also this Love like it. horn that like if you uh-huh. blow it somebody will come help you. Yeah. Susan has the best presents. Maybe this is where I was got into archery. Maybe it started <laughs> you wanted here. to be Susan. I wanted to be Susan so bad. God, I don't even blame you. She's so cool. She's awesome. And then Lucy gets um a little dagger mm-hmm. and this like vial of, of healing like, stuff. Yes, yeah. which is actually awesome. It is very cool. Is Edmund it, gets nothing because he's Edmund not gets there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. <laughs> Karma you know, it's is so funny in the second movie when they like all show like back up to care Paravel, they have uh-huh. all their old Santa presents and yeah. Edmund's like okay I guess I don't have anything <laughs> that's what you get Santa <laughs> never came back to give Edmund presents <laughs> he was on the naughty list forever <laughs> it's gonna take a long time to get off that naughty list I guess so oh, um, God. so anyway <laughs> Edmund's being tortured <laughs> the other presents are like yay Christmas presents it's very <laughs> true <laughs> So anyway, they get their cool presents. Oh, yeah. They end up finally making it to the stone table and like, which is where they're meeting Aslan and Mm -hmm. Aslan's army and stuff. Yeah. And so everyone's there. It's like a cool group of Narnians. And Mm -hmm. so I love how in Narnia, I do really like this about Narnia. There's like no humans. It's all like mythical creatures or animals. Yeah. I like that. too. It's amazing. It is really cool. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's not, that's really unique. I can't think of it. I think it is. Yeah. Narnia is definitely so specific. Like, but it's by being so broad. Yeah. It's like almost anything. It's literally everything but humans. Yeah. Yeah. Or like humanoid really. I mean, you can be a centaur or a fawn. Yeah. But that's about it. I mean, you could be like a a dwarf, I guess a gin or a giant. Too, because the wit- white witch is right. She's I guess you can be gin, a myth- giant. All myth- mythological. mythological. Yeah, and there's like naiads and dryads, but they're I still love very, the very different. I mean, those are humans. distinctly not human. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so I feel like I think that's so fun because then also once you get into the world building of Narnia, there are like other countries where they are human, so it's like Narnia is just really cool. Narnia is so cool. <laughs> like this, is, this rocks. It is. It does rock. <laughs> it's so good. It's so yeah. So the whole army's there. And Aslan is there, and they're like, oh, dude, Aslan rocks. Aslan totally rocks. Aslan's amazing. He's like this cool, huge lion. I do picture him exactly like Aslan in the movie. Oh, my God. They couldn't have nailed him more. They absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Liam Neeson's voice, big, fluffy lion. Uh Uh-huh. Who is like... Aslan is so cool. Yeah, this this is where my one critique of the book comes in. Yours was Santa Claus. Mine was... (laughs) the anthropomorphic animals that use their paws like hands. <laughs> I've always hated it. I still hate it. It's something that I hate about animated movies with uh, with animals uh, in it. Yes. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I've always hated it. And so there's like a part where like the mighty lion clapped his paws. And I'm like, no, he did not. He didn't. Take it back. Take it back. He didn't. Take it back right Please now. Say psych. <laughs> 
So I just chose to overlook it and pretend we're talking about like Aslan from the movie. Oh yeah, totally. Which is much more acceptable. I completely. I told my him. mom that though, and she looked so hurt because fun she fact: did. this is my mom. I did not know this is like one of my mom's favorite books in the world. She, as a kid, read them and like read them all in a week. Like just kept checking them out from the library and got in really big trouble. And she did not get in trouble really <laughs> because she didn't do any of her homework because she was just obsessed <laughs> with reading the series. God, we all have a story like that, don't I we? I know it's so sweet. <laughs> I and love so that for my her. mom was just so excited we were doing this book I wish I had known more because I would have had more time to try and like convince her to do the episode with yeah us, but she did not want to but uh she looked so hurt when I said that about <laughs> I didn't like that she kind of did and I'm like this isn't like a main thing about no, it <laughs> she looked hurt and I felt so bad but she also likes talking animal movies like it does not bother her one bit I'm like that's not how they talk <laughs> <laughs> like this doesn't make sense because animals don't talk actually so. they don't talk actually <laughs> well they do but I don't think they talk like that I'm like actually I hear their voices in my head <laughs> oh god anarchy Anarchy. <laughs> I like to keep people on their toes. <laughs> you never know what you I mean or know. don't mean. Who knows? <laughs> Is she lying? Is she not? <laughs> no, who can say? <laughs> so they are. They meet up. Everybody's like having an okay time, but they're mm-hmm. a little bit sad because Edmund's gone. Yeah, they're like, "Can you help us rescue Edmund?" Yeah, and he's like, "All that will be done shall be done." <laughs> and you're like. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Is that a yes? <laughs> uh, so, yes, maybe. So, basically, then they get... Um, oh, the one of the wolves, who is, like, the mm-hmm. witch's, like, um, head yeah. of the wolf thing. Police. Yeah. Force, basically, yeah. <laughs> wolf police. Yeah. He shows up and is, um, like, attacking Susan and Lucy. Mm-hmm. And so Susan stuck up a tree. Yep. And Aslan's like, okay, Peter, go save your sister. And he's like, oh, okay. So he runs over there and ends up killing the wolf. Mm-hmm. And um, then uh, they're like, okay, great. Because yeah. this means that, like, the security is down so we can go get Edmund. Yeah. So they, Aslan sends some group to go get to Edmund. To go, yeah, rescue so Edmund. So they rescue Edmund, bring right him as back. he's about to be killed, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. He's going to get killed. Yeah. Uh, and the witch and, like, her dwarf henchman guy yeah escape but um edmund is rescued and so they bring him back and everyone's like yay edmund's here but edmund and aslan have like a long discussion that like nobody else knows what happened but when they come back aslan's like you don't have to talk to edmund about anything that happened everything's good now and they're like okay yeah (laughs) i'm like i have got to know what he said i know (laughs) but I liked that. It was kind of sweet because he, like, took the responsibility off the kids of I, having to have I, that discussion. You're right. That's yeah. what's so great about it. Yeah. It is. Because that's not a conversation no. that the kids should be having with their brother anyways. No. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. I love And then they the all hug Edmund and they're yes. all, everything's forgiven. Yeah. Like, we're so glad oh. you're back. Glad you're alive. And Edmund's like, maybe I don't hate you guys. I know. Maybe I don't want you to all be my servants. He really had a wake-up call. He really, the ultimate wake-up call. Oh, yeah. Karma was swift. It was swift. And decisive. It really was. So, oh, after this, though, bad stuff happens because the mm-hmm. witch comes back and mm-hmm. she's like, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, since you guys stole Edmund from me, according I'm actually, to the deep magic, right. since he's a traitor, yeah. his blood is mine. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So she's like, so actually, I'm entitled to go kill him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh. And all the siblings are like, oh no. Yeah. And Aslan's like, okay, let's talk. And so yeah. he and the White Witch talk about it. And then mm-hmm. he comes back and he's like, everything's gonna be fine. And they're like, oh, okay, great. Uh-huh. But then he's acting super weird the next day. Yeah, and so they're is. like, what's wrong he's with Aslan? Really sad. And he's also Peter. I um, won't be at the battle, basically. Oh yeah. 
yes. Uh, you're gonna have to handle this. And so he's like, this young kid who's never been in battle uh, is basically in charge of the armies now. Yes. How old do we think Peter is? Like 14? I was thinking like 14 or 15. Yeah. yeah. That's sick and twisted. <laughs> I know. So, anyway. So oh that night, uh... Lucy and Susan can't sleep because mm-hmm. they're so like, what's wrong with Aslan? Yeah. And then they go out and find him and they're like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, he lets them like walk around with yeah. him for a little bit. Yeah. He's like, I'll actually be out of the company. Thanks. Aww. But he's like, but you have to turn around when I tell you. And yeah. they're like, okay, sure. And yeah. they don't. So yeah. they're walking and he's like, okay, this is it. Uh, I'll see you guys. Uh, but not really. <laughs> and they're like, okay, bye. And then they follow him anyway. Yeah. And then they witness Aslan getting tied up and murdered on and the shave and shaved and murdered by the white witch and all her goons they're awful is this really scary like, it's actually terrifying dead, it's really really scary it's so scary the scene in the movie scared the hell out it of is me terrifying in the movie it's terrifying oh yeah they i really... mean it's pretty much how it's described I, in the it book. really it is really is scary it's the same yeah and yeah tolkien and lewis both were like Kids can handle it. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were like, yeah, it's fine. Well, there, there was the one line in this scene where um, Lewis was talking about all of the, yeah, like, the creatures monsters. that were there. Like, yeah. I won't tell you all of them because <laughs> this is a children's book and I don't want to scare you. And then he does anyway. Yeah. So. Well, he said something like, uh, "If you, but your parents wouldn't let you read this if I told you about everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he still throws a couple of them out there. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, these don't belong in a kid's story for sure. It's scary. Yeah. It's very sad, too, mm-hmm. because, like, as a, I remember as a kid being like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I know. No, so, it's so upsetting. It's really sad. Yeah. So Lucy and Susan are like, what the hell? And so after everyone leaves, after they murder Aslan, yep. they In go In place up. of Edmund, obviously. And yes, it was, Aslan he took himself. Edmund's place. Yeah. Do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> Do you get it, guys? Okay. <laughs> Very quickly, because I don't know, because our, our generations are not as like biblically educated as they used to be. The story, if you guys don't know. Oh, yeah. Or if you're not Christian, this is if the you're story. Not, if you're not Christian or don't. Because, I mean, I think before there was so, like, everywhere, like, in flooded culture that kind of everyone kind of knew the story. But just in case you don't, because uh, that is not as much as it used to be around, uh, the story in the Bible is that Jesus is the Son of God, and he came to Earth to die on the cross as a sacrifice for our human sins so that when we die, uh, we can go to heaven instead of where we belong because of our sins. We basically right. we don't have to account for our sins because Jesus died and sacrificed yes. himself for them. So the so allegory is It's a direct clear. allegory, yeah. <laughs> Edmund is humanity, uh-huh. Aslan is Jesus, uh-huh. and so... And because he loved him so much, he, he, took, his- he took his place on the stone table and right. was sacrificed. And also, he's like the son of the emperor across the sea. Aslan is or something, which right. I was like, uh-huh, I totally the Emperor totally across the forgot sea about God. that. I forgot about that. I don't too. think they even mention it in the movie I don't think at all. They do. So yeah, yeah, but that's uh, so it's very much a direct allegory. But the it's thing is, extremely it direct. Is, but what I love about when he does <laughs> allegory, same when Tolkien did. Although I think Tolkien said some BS, like he didn't do an allegory, and I was like, he did an allegory. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> is that when an allegory is done well, it doesn't matter if you know the source material; it is still a good and effective yeah, story. You don't have to be a Christian to yeah. like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Exactly. I heard somebody once say in college that isn't an allegory just indoctrination, and I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> 
I mean, you don't ha- if you don't like believe in it, you don't have to be like, oh, this is totally. You don't it. have to look up the source material and be like, I ascribe. I to agree this. with that. I feel like you can read anything and don't have to fully be like, oh, I agree completely I with, agree the with the author's intent. The, I, yeah, I agree or, with the author's intent, or I agree with the author's quibbles. like allegory. Yeah, no. like no, you can just be like, okay, story. It was I a like story. This story, and it's a good. That's the whole point. There are plenty of people who have read this book and been like, okay, good story, without yes. either being Christian or like being like, yeah. oh, now I have to convert. Is it <laughs> <laughs> um, no, because we're not talking about anything, like, specific here. Like, we're just talking about this really cool king who, like, cares about his people and sacrificed himself for the life of a kid who was just stupid and made some stupid mistakes. Like, we can all relate to that yeah, idea I mean, of love, right? Oh, I sure, hope. sure. Yeah, so it's... I think so, too. Anyway, so I like it. I think that's... I think it's very, um... I think it's very silly to say that allegory is indoctrination. Indoctrination, you'll know indoctrination when you see it. It's, you don't have to go, is it indoctrination? You go, that's indoctrination. Yeah, I feel like there's just, you don't have to, I don't know. If you allegory if you don't want to read The Line of the Witch because it's an it. obvious allegory for Christianity, then you don't you have, don't to, have read to read it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's definitely also no part of it that's like, if you don't believe this happened, then you're wrong. There's no, like, I think indoctrination oh, no. also has this idea of, like, indoctrination is something that's done intentionally to coerce you to believe something different. There's nothing coercive about this. Right, right. You can just take it as a story. he doesn't reference even the source material, like, that he pulled the allegory from. No, so, you're like, right. So, like, literally, it's not... Yeah, I totally agree. Like, there's no way I feel like you can spin that. I I get on a very surface level why someone would say that, but I just think it's extremely... In this case, I don't th- see at it all. at all. No. Not at all. I don't um, think it's valid here at all. No, I don't think so either. It's a wonderful story. It's Everyone very nice. It. It's yeah. fun to read. Yes, and, and if you didn't know the source material, you would still really like the story. It would really still be like fun and story. nice to read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you don't... Yeah, you just... I feel like if you don't have to know the source material to get it, then... It's not. Yeah, I agree. No one's trying to indoctrinate you. But, uh, yeah, so, anyway, so that's what happens. And then uh, Lucy and Susan go up to, like, Aslan's dead body, and they're, like, sad sad and crying and all that. They get the muzzle off him, but they can't get the ropes off. But then the little field mice come. And hundreds of field mice. And they bite the little ropes ropes off of him. And, yeah. But then this amazing thing happens, uh-huh. and uh, I think they, like, go away for a second or something, but the yeah. stone table breaks in half. It cracks. And Aslan's gone. Like and they're the like, tearing of the veil in the <laughs> we really, get it? <laughs> he went, like, very, like, he went scene for scene of the crucifixion. He really did. Like, he did. <laughs> and now you know what else I realized this time? Is that it's women who discovered yes. that Jesus' body was missing, and it's the girls who it's discovered It's the girls, yeah. Yeah, because earlier he's like, no, the girls won't be in battle. The boys will. And I was like, C.S. Lewis, are you being sexist? And then I realized, I know, no, I, I think about it's because he wanted the girls to be the ones who discovered the Aslan thing. Yes. Yeah. Which I like that they I got like to do too. it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I have, I have no problems with this. So, <laughs> so the, um, yeah, so then Aslan shows up fully fine, fully healed. looking he's normal. He's got his mane back. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, besties. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and so they have like this fun little romp and they they're do. all having they the best time romp. ever yeah and he's like yeah so if the witch had known the re like the deep deep, deep magic, magic she would have known that it would be reversed if it 
somebody who wasn't the traitor, like, yeah. took their place or Basically, whatever. Basically, like, yeah, she's been here for a long time, but she's not been here for, like, since the beginning of times. <laughs> and I have, so I know the deep Yeah, magic. and they're like, what? <laughs> Is this where the don't cite the deep magic Okay, they which? say it in the movie, in the but movie, they don't yeah. say it in the book. And it's such a good line. I know, I wish they had done it in I the book. I was there when it was written. It's so sick, dude. <laughs> don't cite the deep magic to me, witch. I, I was, was there, there when, when it was written. written. And she, like, sits down real quick. And you're like, oh, so good. <laughs> like, damn. That's an amazing line. Lewis, only note, really. I can look yeah, past the he should have done that. Again. I needed that line in there. I'll look past the clapping your paws. Actually, I can't. I can't. Two notes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. not that line doesn't exist. And the clapping pause. Two notes. In the two notes. That's it. Two notes. Tolkien is like, I have reefs of <laughs> He's notes. He's like, I have four pages of, of notes. notes, actually. Um... But yeah, so then they have like this cool like they get to ride on Aslan's back. And I was I just wanted to ride a lion. This after is this. the coolest scene. I want to ride a lion so bad. I know the way he describes it, and it's like so I've talked cool. about this earlier with you before, but I love the visual of Aslan because it's like his, just, mane. his mane is so soft, and you just kind of like uh-huh. want to cuddle him, but yeah. he's also kind of scary. Yeah. But like. Oh, he's it's so amazing. cool. It's so cool. I love him. And he's like really nice, but also yeah. like he'll fuck you up, you know? Yeah, he oh, will. sorry. Great. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to bleep it out. Thanks, Spoon. This is a children's book. I know. And they're lying the witch in the wardrobe episode. I know. Well, you know what? Our listeners are mostly not children. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we have any child listeners. I, I hope we I don't. I kind of hope we don't, yeah. I really don't hope let your we don't. Kids listen to don't us. let your kids listen to us. Uh, high schoolers and <laughs> on, preferably. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so they go to a cool, uh, ride with Aslan, and then they go to the, uh, the witch's uh, castle, and Aslan frees all of the, like, stone people yeah, there. Yeah, they've been turned to stone. Right, yeah. so that's the thing she does, she'll turn yeah. people to stone. Mm-hmm. So he, like, breathes on them, and then they become not stone anymore. Yeah. Which is so cool. It's super cool. So then they're basically, Mr. Tumnus is there, mm-hmm. everybody's there, and yeah. they're like, yay, we're having a great time. So then... Uh, with these reinforcements, they go back to the battle. Uh-huh. And so Aslan and Lucy and Susan and everybody go back. And the battle's, like, in full swing and everybody's been fighting. So uh, Peter is, like, trying to fight the White Witch, I think. But then Aslan mm-hmm. comes back and just, just gets her. takes her out. Takes her out. Excellent. KO. Excellently done. It's so good. This, I, I really enjoyed this battle scene in the movie, too. Like, cine- oh, cinematography-wise, so oh, my God, this is an amazing battle. I love it. And she it's looks so, so scary and cool. She does. Her, like, when she goes from her, like, winter outfit to her, like, summer outfit. <gasps> yes. again, like, this is really awesome. She looks awesome. She does. <laughs> that was Listen, also a perfect casting. Style, okay? It oh, yeah. Was. She does have style. It was the perfect casting. She did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, And she's very scary at the end. And, like, she's, she's straight about so to murder scary. these children, you she know? She is. I never questioned that she was going to murder oh, no. the children. She's totally scary. I was like, I'd be afraid to know you in real life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And so uh, they win the battle, but um, Peter explains then that uh, Edmund was the one who really helped out because he destroyed her, like, magic wand. Yes. And so after that, she couldn't turn him into stone or anything. Mm -hmm. But then he got injured. Edmund's injured. I know. And I love this for Edmund. Good for him. He did, like, a real (laughs) big comeback. I love that he's injured. No, no, no. (laughs) No, not that he's injured. (laughs) I mean that he, like, saved the day a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And so... But Lucy has her cool, like, cordial that'll uh-huh. heal anybody. So she goes and saves Edmund. Yeah. And then she yeah, goes. Yeah, like, too sweet. Uh, there's a lot of injured people. Let's <laughs> yes. Go. He's like, okay, move along. So she goes and saves everybody. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. Um, mm-hmm. I love this for the Narnians. Yeah. And so then everything's great. And then they go to Care Paravel, which is also, I'm Amazing. obsessed with that name. Same. 
obsessed. I'm obsessed. And I do picture it exactly like in the movie. Oh, yeah. And in the movie, it's just... It's everything that I want. It's, it's absolutely. It's the epitome of everything It's I want. your vibe for sure. Like, if I was going to have, like, a castle. Oh, it's awesome. That would be my castle. Right by the ocean. Oh, my God. I'm in love with it's it like so It's, like, very, like, breezy and, like, It's breezy and open. And, and, oh, my God. I'm in love with it. There's never been sunny. more beautiful. Wow. I yeah. want to live in Caraparaville. Same. <laughs> I'm going to cry. It is the coolest name ever. How did he come up with that? <laughs> I don't know. Tolkien's like, yes, tell me how. <laughs> yeah. I want notes. Let me see. He's like, I've got uh, Middle Earth. and middle earth whatever i like care parable yeah uh so they all become kings and queens of narnia Mm -hmm. once a king or queen in narnia always always a a king king or queen queen in narnia Narnia. (laughs) and then they get their names like they do is it peter the peter the magnificent Queen Lucy the Gentle, mm-hmm. Queen Susan the Va- oh no the Val- sorry sorry Queen Susan the Gentle, yes. Queen Lucy the, the Valiant, Valiant. Uh-huh. and Queen and King Edmund King the, Just. the Just. Yes, <laughs> I was like I'm always I I have such feelings about that, but I don't know what they are. Like I'm like, do I agree or disagree? I think that they're. It's funny to have a name like that. I like it. What would mine be? Yours would be Queen Ash the Chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. I'll take it. <laughs> chaotic, no. chaotic good is always my alignment when I play D and D. I know they're like branch out, try other characters, like, and I'm no. like, no. <laughs> I have one. Character. Chaotic good is so fun. Chaotic good is it is the funnest. Like, is there any other oh, way? Oh yeah, to I exist? could totally see you as a chaotic good queen of it, Narnia. Right. It blows my mind when I'm playing D and D and somebody picks lawful good. I'm Oof. like. Are you serious? See, I've done it before, but then immediately, like, Regret straight it. off of it. Because, yeah. like, I'm like, okay, I'm changing it. Because you exactly. can't. How can you do so it? It's so confining. I, one of my friends in college, he did, he, he was a cleric and he picked lawful good. So he was a pain in the ass for the whole campaign. <laughs> He'd be like, we can't do that. And no. I'm like, yes, we can. <laughs> my favorite thing in D&D is to, like be a little mischievous guy and like yes. try and get into things like finagle around people can i seduce the door yes exactly or like oh somebody's not letting me in what if i lie to them and tell them we're here as maintenance people or yeah, something exactly like, and it's, it's so like good roll for persuasion and you're I like love rolling perfect i know the cleric a lawful good cleric would never <laughs> no never, never ever <laughs> <laughs> I just it still it blows my if you guys are out there and you play D&D and you choose lawful good unironically for your character I just want to understand please reach out with your stories I want to understand why yeah how do you make it fun you know you- <laughs> what motivates you to do that I don't know anyway sorry um, oh that's so. good I mean basically that's it yeah. so they uh, but then Aslan leaves yep. and they're basic I forgot Mr. Thomas or the beaver or somebody is like yeah don't I mean worry, he'll, he'll come, come and go yeah. yeah he comes and goes yeah he's, he's got other he's got other countries he's gotta take care of after all he's not a tame lion yeah it's good <laughs> it's really good and you like it's so good. And so then they like grow up and we flash forward and basically they've sp- they've lived their whole lives. Their whole lives. In Narnia. They're like straight grown-ups like in their 30s or it's something. It's insane. And they're like and CS Lewis says something like and of course they become kings and queens. So they talk like kings I and queens. I kind of hated this. I did this not This was like my this third either. note. Actually, yeah. I will accept this as a third note too. It was like, "Oh, uh my sister majesty whatever." Oh, forsooth. Forsooth. <laughs> yeah. It's very very I mean, okay, for a kid's book, it's I kind probably of funny, would have liked it. I yeah. probably would have been like, that is how kings and queens hack. Yeah. But as a grown-up reading, I'm like, no. 
Yeah. But as a kid, I would have, I would have, like, I would have had no problem with Santa. No, I would have had no problem I would have taken this. everything. You know, I'm sure I did. This, yeah. though, I'm like, okay, I do think it's interesting, though, that they don't remember it. They like, don't really remember it's very life interesting. before Narnia. And I'm like, how do you not remember your, your mom? all of this stuff happened, like, one week after you got to Narnia? Like, yeah. all the cool stuff with yeah. the battle and everything. Yeah. It's very interesting that he decided yeah. to do that. But I think that I kind of like it, though, because it's like, it's, it solidifies Narnia as, like, almost this, you know, a mm-hmm. green space, like, in Shakespearean literature or something, yeah. where, like, anything kind of goes. It's, yeah. like, outside of reality. Yeah. It's, like... And it's implied they have, like, a ton more adventures while they're there. Like, they have oh, battles, yeah. and they hunt they out live, the rest like, their of whole the White lives. Army. Yeah, like, they... And they're, like, they rule Narnia, and they're considered good leaders, and they have, like, this whole thing. Yeah, and then they're... So then they go on a hunt for this for this lucky white stag, yeah, basically. Yeah, they're gonna get spotted. wishes. <laughs> and they're gonna get wishes if they catch it, is the rumor or whatever. And they're tracking it, and they end up by this, like, lamppost. And they've forgotten what a lamppost is somehow. And I'm like, how have you forgotten what a lamppost <laughs> is? You children grew up in the 40s. Like, <laughs> yeah, you definitely know. And they're like, ah, oh, a lantern totally atop forgot a everything. pole of iron or something weird. Yeah. And you're like... It's a lamppost. And they're like, hmm, this seems familiar to I'm me. I'm like, Peter, this was like 15 years ago for you. Like, I, that's what I'm like wondering. That. And like, Mr. Not... Tumnus was the one who came and told them about the white stag. Yeah. And so I'm like, wouldn't Mr. Tumnus remember? Yeah. Well, do they never would, bring it up? Wouldn't you forget Mr. Tumnus by now if you've forgotten everything else? I then? bet they have like a vague idea that yeah. perhaps there was something it's else before. It's kind of almost like the Ingo thing where when you're in Ingo, your yes! thoughts drift away. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's just like that. They're like the human world thoughts kind of drift. I mean, okay, if you can like live as a king and queen in Narnia. You're going to live as a king and queen, queen in Narnia. Narnia. Oh, 100%. I don't blame them at all. No. It, it, I kind of, it makes you feel almost like Narnia is the real world. You know, yeah, it does. Or like the one that matters. The one that matters. Yeah, yeah exactly. It does. Well, so then they, they go past the lamppost and they walk through the trees and the snow, and all of a sudden, it's not trees and snow, it's Ugh. fur because the fur coat's in the yes. closet. And then they all tumble out of the wardrobe into the spare and room. They're kids and again. And they're kids again. Literally, no time has passed. Whatsoever. Why does this make me cry every time? I don't, I don't know. know why. I'm like, you guys get like a whole second life now. It's insane. It's insane. I don't know why, but I always cry. <laughs> I always, I, you are, she's crying right now. Crying I will right confirm now. she's crying. I think it's because it's like, whoa, like, I don't know. It's so trippy. It is trippy. <laughs> I, I always think, and even since I was a kid, I've always thought, how do you go back to like living life as a kid? Exactly. You're like, you were like 30 years old and had like fought in battles and ruled kingdoms. You were a full adult. You were a full adult. It was in very, charge of a country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now you're just like a kid again. Yeah. In like war-torn Oof. England. They bring that up in the second film, but I can't remember if it's in the book. Yeah, I remember Peter struggling with it a little bit. I, yeah. That's all I remember vaguely. Peter was super struggling. Yeah. And Edmund was also, and yeah. the others were too. Yeah. I just remember Peter because Peter's got this, like, kind of, like, ego about it. Oh, He's, yeah. His would be Peter the Magnificent. That Peter, would be his I title. have such beef with movie Peter, I'm going to say it. <laughs> I know you do, but at the same time, I was like, but he's really cute. He is adorable. You can rely on Peter. He is no, very no, no. reliable. Oh, totally. And but it, his attitude is irksome. It is irksome, but he is a good person. Like he, Until Prince Caspian showed up, I was like, I'm in love with Peter. And then Prince Caspian showed up, and I was like, who's Peter? <laughs> Shove Peter out the door. <laughs> like, okay, hello. Hi, they Prince were, Caspian. They were so sick for casting Ben Barnes in that role. Like, 
I'm sorry. I'm like 12 years old. I can't handle this. Okay. No. Like, what was what were we supposed to do? Not fall in love with him for the rest of our lives? Like, you're kidding me. There's no, no. way. There's no way. <laughs> and now, <laughs> generations later, we're still as like, ben I would do Barnes. anything for Ben Barnes. <laughs> I know. Where did it start? Prince Caspian. God, so We true. all know where it started. Oh, my God. Prince Caspian. Oh, yeah. Does he know? Does he know how much that... Does he know that we love him for that? <laughs> Do you think he thinks back to being Prince Caspian? And is he like, has huh. mentioned it recently. I remember him saying something about it on his Instagram. He's like, yeah, that was a fun role. Probably something like that. And yeah. Like, you don't understand. That's when I fell in love with you and I've been oh. in love with you ever since. Totally. It's my understanding that the Narnia kids still hang out sometimes. Really? Yeah, with Ben and everybody. Isn't that cute? <laughs> That'll make me cry. That is so sweet. I know. Oh, I love that. It's so cute. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was something else. They were like, we're going to kill every child. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to permanently ruin every girl who's watched this for men for the rest of their lives. Oh, my God. For every man that Ben Barnes. Yeah. And then, in the, oh, my God. The way that, like. That was irresponsible. It was. What it was. That's exactly what it was. You're <laughs> so correct. Irresponsible. Also, that movie is like two and a half hours long. I have no memory it of it being that long. It is unreasonably long. There's any movie with Ben Barnes is not long <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, I could have taken more, honestly. <laughs> I'm. I was so obsessed with the way. I mean, this isn't about Narnia, but this is about Prince Caspian. But I mean, it is about Narnia anyway. But I was so obsessed with the way um, when Susan like had to use her like horn to call for help uh-huh. and. Caspian was the one who showed up uh-huh, uh-huh, and then they uh-huh. had like that flirtation uh-huh. I was like am I about to pass out I wish that was me <laughs> I would have so loved to watch this movie with you I would have fangirled we so much more together. <laughs> I'm so down because I need to watch Narnia and God. I have I really I only watched the Prince Cast movie once Narnia I had Ooh, watched a lot of times I've seen it so many times I've only it's seen it so the fun once, and that was see that's all it took for me to be like I am head over heels for <laughs> I would do anything for that man have you seen the third one um, I think I have, yeah. But it's I just not as good as the memory. others, but I do still enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I have seen it. Just I just don't remember it very well. Yeah. What else is new for me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, anyways, that's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's it. And some spoilers for Prince Cassidy. <laughs> 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 oh, my God, Brownie is losing it. I'm going to feed you soon. You can't be trusted because Flora, Flora the cat sticks her head in her bowl while she's eating. Because Flora has no self-preservation. <laughs> Brownie's very like sweet and patient and loves cats. But Aww. to stick your head into the bowl of a dog that's actively eating the food in that bowl. Yeah. Why? She's not very smart, is she, Brownie? No, and she's like, then I bark at her, but then I get in huge trouble. Because she scares me when she barks at the cat. Because I'm like, one chomp, Flora, and you're gone. <laughs> Seriously, Brownie <laughs> could eat her. Exactly. <laughs> Look at her. I know. she's all. She's getting all the attention. Brownie's like, I waited this whole episode. You guys. I know. She's Hello. like, I want to know who Prince Caspian is. Who is this <laughs> Ben Barnes? Like, I want to see him. <laughs> I want to see him. Would he love me? <laughs> Everyone loves you, Brownie. She's like, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's never enough. Uh, I know. God, you are so needy. I love you. Okay, so uh, what's favorite and least favorite parts? Okay, favorite part. I didn't prepare. Oh, no. I never prepared. Uh, I think the favorite good. part, Aslan coming back from the dead and then them all romping around. Okay. How can you have like a different favorite part? It's I love so good. when the stone table cracks. Yeah. I love it in the movie. I love it in the book. I love when the stone table cracks. It's so good. It's awesome. I think that's probably my favorite part. Really good. Yeah. Least favorite part? Least favorite part. Mm. Um, 
I almost hate when Edmund, like, realizes what a mistake he's made. Because it hurts so bad. It does hurt. You're like, Edmund, I'm so sorry. But also, you totally brought this on yourself. But I'm sorry you have to go through your consequences. (laughs) Miley's, I think that I've always hated uh, so much the part when Edmund lies and says he hasn't been to Narnia. It makes me insane. I'm like, I'm about to go feral. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah. It's so stressful to me. Yeah. I just feel so bad for Edmund when he's on that, like, nightmare journey across Narnia. I'm just like, you didn't, you're just a child. Like, you made mistakes and there's no excuse for you being a little dick. But this is a pretty intense consequence. It is. Like. It is. But in a world like Narnia, that's how high the stakes are. Oh, yeah. The stakes got really high. Really fast. (laughs) Edmund's like, I just wanted some candy. I know. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't have sold out your siblings, but. I mean, this yeah, is comeuppance, but uh, <laughs> Karma was swift. She was swift and merciless. <laughs> and I feel bad for him. I did too. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh, I hate oh the part in the movie. And it happened in the book too. I didn't remember that it happened in the book. But when the white witch slaps him. Oh, I know. It makes me so mad. I want to kill don't her. We slap children. <laughs> like, we absolutely don't. We do absolutely not. And then in the not. movie, he gets like his lip is all bloody. And then he starts crying. That's how I picture it. I just want to give him a hug. so cute in the movie. Like, I that know. little boy is adorable. So cute. You're just like, I just want to give you a hug. I'm sorry you're going it's through horrible. this. It's horrible. Even though you created the thing with Edmund's whole character is he stresses me out so bad <laughs> because I know that he's like a symbol for humanity. Uh-huh. And I know that we all have those moments where we do the wrong thing yeah. for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. But because like just because of some way that we feel, because we feel hurt by something. And so we justify doing the wrong thing for completely the wrong reasons. Yeah. And I hate it so much because with Edmund, it's so easy to, like, vilify him and just mm-hmm. be annoyed with him. But then I also, like, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's us. Yeah. No, but that's it's me. And so it's so stressful because I'm like, he's, like, least favorite character. But also, it's awful that he would be because that's, like, saying I'm my own <laughs> least favorite character. Yeah. And yeah. what's so great about it, it's, like, so beautiful, actually, because he does the wrong, he makes the wrong choice for the wrong reason. And mm-hmm. he's still forgiven and yep. everyone still loves him yeah and then he goes on to do really good things he does and he learns from his mistakes he has a, he has a and redemption everyone story. gives him the opportunity yes. to do that they forgive him and he has a redemption story and he definitely learns from his mistakes yeah and he's st- and lewis never paints him as he's a bad character no never he doesn't. he doesn't it's just hard to know sometimes when i'm writing because like he's obviously not a villain but he is an antagonistic force. Oh, in yeah, the book. totally. And it's just hard to go, I'm my own antagonist. And I'm the antagonist for others. That's yeah. really hard to remember is yeah. that sometimes you are someone else's antagonist. And it's all your fault because you are being a dick. And mm-hmm. that's just, like, really hard to remember sometimes. It makes me feel so bad. But then it's obviously the upside, too, where, like, Edmund's story is redemption and he does great things. Yes. And people forgive him and love him. And people do. The people in your life do that. But it's just, like, so hard to hold that mirror up oh, sometimes. Yeah. It hurts. It's hard to remember that, I don't know, it's very easy to not have any grace for yourself or other people but or especially yourself honestly because if you make a mistake and you know that it's bad yeah it's almost like i don't know lately i've been struggling with this where you're like it's i don't know you just have to remember everybody has been a dick at some point in their life and you will be a dick again yep and (laughs) it's just how it is people are not perfect and you're gonna be the bad guy sometimes but that doesn't mean you're a bad person and you can always try and do better yes exactly you're never too far gone no yeah i agree it's it's such like it's so hard to be a human (laughs) it is human 
And that's why we're like, oh, it must have been hard to be Edmund. <laughs> yeah, we're like, oh, we've all got sympathy for Edmund. We do. Because we're like, yeah, that could happen. Yeah. I mean, would it be over Turkish Delight for me? No. No. But might I... French fries would be yours. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know me so well. I was going to be like, might I toss someone over for French fries if they've really pissed me off? Yeah. Oh, maybe. I'm already mad at Peter. Hell yeah. No. I'm going to sell him out for some French fries. This is a win, 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 win. Win, win, baby. <laughs> okay. Um, but favorite, least favorite characters? Favorite character, Edmund. All right. That's what you said. I'm an Edmund stand. 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 I'm an Edmund stand. I'm an Edmund stand. It weirded me out that there was a D at the end of the name. Anyway. Uh, least favorite character... I don't know. Edmund. I mean, the witch no, is kidding. bad. Yeah. <laughs> At least favorite and favorite is the same one. For Edmund, well, it would be justified. He, it is, though. Like, I'm not saying that he's, like, the best character. Like, I think he is the best character because he's so complex. He is. But, and he has the biggest arc. Yeah. But it's not like he's most likable. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But that's why he's my favorite. Yeah. My favorite character is definitely Aslan because I'm just like, he's the most badass badass that's ever existed. Oh, he's so good. He's like, he is absolutely like this personification of love. Yeah. But he is not weak. He is gentle, but he is strong. Like he is like all of these beautiful paradoxes that like humanity at its best could be. Um, And it's just, he's so good. And he was, he was done so well. And I'm like, I want to just be with Aslan all the time. I know. You like, just I just want to live with Aslan. Out. Yeah, and it's so good. So, but Honoré mentioned for Susan because she's not <laughs> as, you know, much of a character in this book even as she is. I feel like in the movie there's even a little more to her. There's a lot more in the movie, yeah. I think, yeah. And I just always really related to her. So Honoré mentioned she's for great. her. And she's got archery going. So I, I love Susan. Um, It's so funny that she becomes Susan the Gentle and I've always related to her, but I do not, I do not typically identify as a gentle person. I think you are though. I used to be very gentle. I think that I, at some point decided that I could not afford to be gentle anymore. And so I went the other way with my personality on purpose. But I think you still are, even if you don't see it. I think I am actually, I think my genuine personality is gentle. I think I often front like I'm not because I just feel like I can't afford to. It feels like a luxury to get to be gentle. (laughs) that's not true there should be it's a paradox but there's got to be a way to pull that off yeah and i like you know what i like about susan is that susan is also extremely complex i feel like can we talk about for a second the really quick um how they're the four hogwarts houses they are (laughs) susan is ravenclaw but she because she's kind of uh she's I like her because she is very gentle you can see that like Mm -hmm. she cares about people and things But she's also a warrior. Yes, yeah, and a that's warrior awesome. Too. She is, and she's a badass. Yeah, and, and just she's, she's really gentle, smart. Like she doesn't pull punches. Like no. she's always honest too, and she like doesn't like hold back saying things. Yeah, yeah, and like she's just nice about it. And she and Edmund are the more cynical of the two. Like yeah, for sure. True. Yeah, but she's still very sweet and like I a nice she would person. Think about deed restrictions. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. No, I agree. They're all such good characters. They They're really very are. complex. He really nailed it. He really nailed those characters. And our sweet girl, Lucy. Okay, She's by so the way, pure. Lucy has the best, like, um, thing added to her name. The Valiant. The Valiant. She does have the best That thing. is awesome. She's kind of like, if there was a main character, it's Lucy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I, I love her so much because she just reminds me so much of my little sister. Yeah. Like, I just honestly think of my little sister as Lucy and That's always so have sweet. and still do. And so, Maddie, I hope you're listening, but um, I've always thought of you as Lucy and I still do. <laughs> oh, Madison the Valiant. That's yes. pretty. That's nice. Oh, that's nice, Maddie. That's way better than what was mine. <laughs> Ash the Chaos. <laughs> well, I was just kidding. I 
can think of a better one if you want. It's definitely to. not Ash the Gentle. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? I don't think it is. Um, but let's see, least favorite. I don't think I did a least favorite. Um, maybe the White Witch because she's yeah, just I mean, so I heinous. Guess so. She's, she's just such so a bitch. heinous. <laughs> she's awful. She's oppressed an entire country. She has for like how many years? A hundred years or something? Yeah, and she's done the thing that I hate the most when a villain does it is she turns people against their own family and friends. Like Ooh. that is something I cannot. If any evil tactic for power uh, across the board in real life in books, turning people against the people they love is Ooh. my. I can't. I think it's the most evil thing in the whole world. It's very bad. It's so I'm bad. Just she did do that. Yeah. It's just my. I just makes me so upset. It's just the most heartbreaking evil thing you can do, and I hate it so much. Well, nothing is beneath her. You know, she would do anything. Nothing. Yeah. She's she exactly. And she feels justified. <laughs> but I do really like her as a villain. She's a really good villain. <laughs> she's just awful. I mean, so least she's a horrible character person. is because I she just just a horrible person. Oh yeah. But as a character, excellently. Oh done. yeah. Like I don't dislike so any consistent. of the characters writing wise. Yeah. And I, again, I will say for like older children's books, like they had such a better grasp of what kids could and couldn't handle. Whereas now, I think our children's books tend to be a lot fluffier, and we're like, well, kids can't handle like really scary stuff and death. I don't and know stuff. if that's true. You don't think so? I don't think so. Because I more feel recent like... children's books. I I don't think Maybe so. Maybe just the ones I was reading. Maybe. I mean, there's always going to be a gambit. I think it's nice to have the opportunity for kids to read something nice and fluffy. And yeah, they I don't have nice to, to read ha- something scary. I agree. But I do agree with you. Kids can handle a lot kids more than you think. They can handle a lot more than we think and they, they can. And they like it. Yeah, they enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is what I liked about Guernsey Litter. Maybe Jesus you're right. I... Juliet Ashton had a very good grasp of what kids were actually cool with. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> Dead Bride. Yeah. She's like, is it too dark? Eh. Or she'd be like, yeah, it was this thing was so, like, gross and scary. This kid would love it. And you're like, mm-hmm. They do like that stuff. <laughs> they love it. it's hard it. because they like we want to be protect kids. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like that leads to occasionally us talking down to them. Yes. Or writing stories that don't really honor their intelligence and their courage. You're very, very. And I feel like this is an, this this one and The Hobbit, honestly, like, is such a great way to respect a child's, like, they keep them protected in mm-hmm. a sense, but also to respect their bravery and intelligence and what they can handle. I love the way you said that. I completely agree. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You gotta, yeah, I agree. And then also when you write a children's book like that, it's one that adults go back and read. I feel like that's the big difference in how you can tell that a children's book like perfectly honored all the strengths of a child is that you go back and read it as an adult and you don't go, oh, this is fluff. You go back yes. and read it as an adult and you go, Oh my God, this is being a child is awesome. Yes. Or like, yeah. oh wow. And I, okay, this recently happened to me when I read Charlotte's Web again. Yeah. Did I mention this before? No. But oh my God, because I read Charlotte's Web and I feel the same way about these books too. Yeah. Like this happened the same time here. Yeah. But specifically when I read Charlotte's Web recently, I had read it when I was a kid, of course, and mm-hmm. I, you know, liked it a lot. But yeah. reading it as an adult was so poignant for me because it felt poignant it was so amazing because I was like I remember all this from the book from when I was a kid Mm -hmm. but it means something almost more to me now yeah and I like that the um the author was like no I mean spoiler for Charlotte's Web uh (laughs) she dies I was like I like that the author was like no uh she does die and that's sad but it's not the that's not the end of the story. Like, things yeah. move on. And yeah. it has such a wonderful message, but it is sad. Yeah. And they were like, no, kids can handle it. Like, it's going to be yeah. sad, but it'll be fine. And even as an adult, I just sobbed all the way through Charlotte's yeah. Web because there were so many parts of it where I was like, I feel like I appreciate this more now as an adult, yeah. even than I did when I was a kid. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think books like that, it's they're, 
like the reason that they're so poignant when you read them again as an adult is that they're offering circumstances that are true for children and for adults. Mm -hmm. But they're just offering it through a child's lens. Whereas some books that are more like fluff pieces for kids now are offering a set of circumstances that would never happen in the adult world. Like, they tend to be kind of free of some of, like, the deeper, harder themes of humanity. But children deal with those, too. So to exclude them is kind of like a fun fluff piece. But that's how you go back and you read it and you go, it's not realistic. It's just kind of fluffy. I don't really relate to it. But... When you draw in the themes that it's just part of the human experience for kids and adults, and that's what you formulate your story around, and you don't take out the hard stuff, you just frame it in a way that children can understand and the way that children deal with it, then it's something that kind of just takes you back to being a child. Yeah. Instead of going, oh, this is a silly kid thing. You yeah. go, oh my God, I'm a kid again. Mm-hmm. But also you have this whole like other layer of insight because now you're also an adult. So you've dealt with those themes as a child and as an adult now. Yeah, true. So there's like multiple layers. And it's so good. Oh, I love revisiting things from being a I kid. do, too. Also, I have to give a shout-out to Maddie because she just FaceTimed me, and she gets mad if I don't give her a shout-out when she calls us while we're recording. <laughs> she said, as a rule, I have to I have to give a shout-out if she calls and I get no answer because we're recording. So shout-out, Madison the Valley. Shout-out to Madison the <laughs> Aww. Favorite quotes. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, You can go first because I have a couple, and I... I'm wondering if they're the same as yours. Okay. Uh, this is one of my favorite quotes. I actually remembered it before because I think I think this is in the movie. If not, it's just something I've heard the concept of before. The kids are asking about Aslan because they've heard he's like this lion who's like this amazing king and ruler, but he's a lion. So they ask if he's, is he safe? Is he dangerous? And safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And I really like the differentiation between safe and good. I think that's where other kids' books get it wrong, is because safe doesn't necessarily mean good and vice versa. I almost picked that quote, and I thought you might, so that's why I was holding up. It's It's really good. Safe, no. No, but he's good. That's like, that's why I love Aslan so much. I heard somebody, um, to go, because I am Christian, so to go this angle really fast, I did once hear somebody describe God as uh, good but not safe, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I really like that. Because it solves a lot of the problems. If you're like, how would God blah, 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 this or that? And it's, and it's, cause it's really intense. And you read the Bible and you're like, this is actually really, really intense. Yeah. And it's because just because he's good doesn't mean that it's, he's always safe. I mean, you're safe in your relationship with him. Right. But that's uh-huh. different than him being like a safe, tame God. He's not tame. He's not a tame like, lion. He's not a tame lion. <laughs> anyway. So like from the Christian angle, that's, Yo, totally. that's why it's had like extra meaning. But I think even if you're not Christian, I still think that that's a really potent line. Yeah. And I feel like if you are a Christian and you read this book, you get more out of it. Yeah. But you don't have to be. But you don't have to. You can still get a lot out of it. Yeah. yeah, As somebody who also, like, is Christian and grew up in church and stuff, there are times where I'm like, oh, yeah, I recognize this sort of. Or, like, this makes sense to me. You recognize other stuff. From my framework. Yeah. The way it might have made sense to Lewis. Yeah. So it's just interesting. Here's mine that I just thought was funny. (laughs) It's when Peter and Susan are talking to the professor about Lucy. And, um, (laughs) my dear young lady, said the professor, There is one plan which no one has yet suggested and which is well worth trying. What's that? said Susan. We might all try minding our own business. (laughs) That's a good one. That's funny. I would pick that one too. That's a really good one. That is a very good quote. I love that guy. We'll try minding our own business. That's funny. I really like that at the end, we didn't mention it, but the professor says like, yeah, I don't think you'll get back to Narnia the same way you did, but you know. 
keep an eye out. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. I like that this guy knows a lot about Narnia, but he just doesn't <laughs> say it. But he's like, I clearly Oh, he totally know. knows. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember, but I feel like he either, I think he is the kid from The Magician's Nephew, or he's, like, related. Yeah, I've heard something like that. I'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. remember exactly. But the wardrobe gets created at the end of Magician's Nephew. Oh, does it? I believe. That's yeah. cool. I think it's made from wood from Narnia. And the, I didn't say it, but the um, the there's an actual door that inspired the wardrobe. Oh, really? For, yeah, from C.S. Lewis. And there's also a lamppost that inspired that. So the lamppost and the wardrobe specifically were inspired by a real lamppost and a real door <laughs> that C.S. Lewis saw. And Catherine, shout out to our listener, Catherine, who uh, also kind of my pen pal, Catherine. Um, she was telling me, so she got to go and like uh, do like a semester abroad in England. And she got to go see those places. Oh! And she sent me a picture. And it's really Aww. cool. So, yay! Unless I dreamed that, I think that was real. Sometimes I have very bad (laughs) dreams. I sound like a psycho. Oh my gosh! But no, I'm I'm fairly certain because I know she went uh, to semester abroad and she was like telling me stories and stuff. But I'm pretty sure she sent me a picture. So super cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I like it. Um, what about what did we learn? I like it. I like it. What did we learn? I feel like I already said a lot of what we. Yeah, I feel like we already did that. Um, I don't know. We learned. No candy is no siblings. (laughs) I was gonna say. If you're mad at your siblings, give it a day, okay? It'll, it'll <laughs> yeah. be okay. Don't do anything drastic. Uh, for real. Um, we Oh, here's one. He mentions it a couple times. I thought it was so funny. Uh, it is not smart to lock your, to close the door when you're in a wardrobe. Every sensible person knows yes! to leave the wardrobe door open behind you. To never lock yourself Edmund, in a Edmund uh, forgot that. Edmund, Edmund wasn't sensible. <laughs> he was not being sensible. But Peter and Lucy were. <laughs> it was funny, yeah. It was like three times. Yeah. It's like, because every sensible person knows not to close the wardrobe door behind you. <laughs> and I'm like, is did he write this because he thought kids were going to lock themselves in their wardrobes after reading this book? Maybe he did. <laughs> no, his publisher was like, we need some kind of like disclaimer safeguard. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get sued. please? Yeah. It was super funny. I laughed Very every cute. time. And you know what I thought was so funny? In the movie, they do the exact same thing. Because there's like, I, I don't know. I love the details that they got exactly right yes. for the movie. Yes, like left the door Yes, yeah. like Lucy leaves it open for sure. There's a uh-huh. crack. But then also, but when Edmund goes in, he says, hope you're not afraid of the dog. And then he closes, closes it really. It, yeah. like, and I'm like, oh man, Such a so pun. good. It is so good. They got it right. They did. They did get it right. Um. How many pinkies out will we give this um, book? I give it five. I give it five also. <laughs> How could you not give it five? <laughs> it's so good. It's amazing. It's so good. My mom will be pleased to hear that it got a five. Ink heart. <gasps> oh! We're doing ink heart next episode, and apparently Kendall is thrilled. I am so excited. Ink heart by Cornelia cry. Funk. This is a movie, right? It is a movie. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen this movie. You like, probably have. Times. Uh... So I'll just give just my quick background for it so I can explain my gasp. But Go for it. I added it. Beca- I added a lot of um, my favorite middle grade books to this list this season. I know. I was um, like, where did this come from? <laughs> anyway, I started realizing, I was like, oh, I have a, I'm part of a book podcast. I can just talk about this if I want to. Yeah. I have access to the list. So I put them all on there. Yes, um, you do. So anyway, I'm at, I added it because my... Real favorite in the series, and one of my favorite books, is mm-hmm. Ink Spell, the second one. Uh-huh. But we can't re- do Ink Spell without reading Ink Heart. So we're doing Ink Spell next season. Uh, I hope so. But <laughs> I will admit, I read Ink Spell before I read Ink Heart when I was uh... a kid, because I just saw it at the Scholastic Book Fair and mm-hmm. thought it looked good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, then I went back and read Ink Heart. But I love it. It is so good. Um, it's going to be great. It means so much, like, middle grade fantasy. This is delightful. Because it's the best genre. It really is the best genre. <laughs> now, this is also one where... 
she does not pull the punches. Like, yeah. it's a... Uh, from the movie, I can remember. There's no way, even if they made it more intense in the movie, there's no way that it didn't come from a book that was pretty intense. Oh, it's so guys. intense. And even some of the thematic elements, I'm like, this isn't a kid's book? Like, I it love feels it. very adult. Yeah. It's so good. That's oh my so gosh. exciting. I'm thrilled. I really so. hope it holds up because I haven't read this one in a long time. I have never read it, so I'm excited. It's kind of hefty, so sorry. I saw, but it's okay because the last <laughs> few books that we've done have been pretty thin, which is actually pretty nice. So yeah. I knew it was coming. I was literally thinking last week, I was like, oh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is pretty short. It's been so nice. We've been doing some short ones. I wonder what next week is. Uh, it's like 600 pages. Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> and you're all, how about Charles Dickens? Oh, yeah. I'll buckle up. Because she hates me. We're going to do great expectations later in the season. Yeah. I uh, I don't have great expectations for that book. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Anyways, uh, we'll see you guys next week and follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and TikTok. We are That Pretentious Book Club. If you want to support the pod or you want to watch our video episodes, some of our episodes have videos, which is pretty cool. Um, you can do that on Patreon. Uh, on Patreon, you can find us under Story Siren Studio. That is our production company. You can also go to StorySirenStudio.com if you want to check out our merch. We've got lots of cool insider merch. Uh, Maddie is, in fact, making me a I'm a Fierce Little Acorn shirt. Um, so yeah! we will include that design on there when we have it. That is from A Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, so we've got all kinds of fun like literary merch there if you guys want to go check it out and also support the pod, which is nice. Um, you can also learn more about us and uh, how the pod started and all that good stuff. If you guys have book suggestions you want us to consider for next season or you just want to chat about, you can DM us on social or you can email us at contact at storysirenstudio.com. And if you guys wouldn't mind leaving a review below, that would be fantastic. We're always growing and it's so nice. And we love hearing from you guys and hearing what you like and what you don't like and what you want more of. So reach out, chat with us. Uh, thank you guys for being here for all of our chaos. It's, uh, it's quite nice of you. Yeah, thanks for sticking around. But, oh, oh, I forgot. We're talking in the dead air. Nobody's listening. Oh, that's right. Uh, thanks, ghosts, for listening to us ghosts in this room. Ooh. Um, but anyways, we'll see you guys next week. And until then, keep your teacups full. Your pinkies high. And your book club. Pretentious. Pretentious.